to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. A weekly podcast here. The discussion is about the most recent horror and genre films. Intelligent talk on a genre that deserves intelligence. A conversation between co-hosts discussing not only the film, but also the connotation that the directors and screenwriters are trying to articulate. When you want more than a review, listen to Dark Discussions. And speaking of perception, there's just one more scene I want to talk about, which is after Caleb discovers that Kyoto's a robot, Kyoto kind of peels off her skin, showing him what's underneath. Now, wait a minute. I know where you're going with this, but tell me you weren't already thinking this 15 minutes earlier in the film. Exactly what he's thinking at that moment. Which is he's a robot, too. Oh, I consider the possibility. Right, and that's what I like, is the fact that the writers are smart enough to know that this is what the audience would be thinking. We've all seen Blade Runner. <laughs> right. Exactly. www.darkdiscussions.com Wherever podcasts are found. Hello. Welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. And with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm fine, but I guess it's obvious that Eric won the initiative role this time. Indeed, indeed. There you go. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. As usual, I'm always going last, so I roll low initiative. There you go. There you go. <laughs> You're a mage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Charges. Um, yeah, they, they, they suck at, at low levels. Um, now, uh, for folks who are new to the podcast, who we are, uh, basically we are uh, part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, basically, what we do here is we uh, talk about uh, horror films, fiction, and all that's fantastic, as mentioned earlier. So, Basically, uh, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrills, techno thrills, mystery, grindhouse, outhouse, midnight movies, uh, foreign films, uh, drive-in, grind, uh, I think I said them all. So, yeah, that's what we do. And we basically try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Um, so, uh, what we have here tonight, uh, we're going to be doing next week a... Uh, I think we're doing a, a Patreon, right? Because we haven't done the Patreon in April yet. Did we, did we pull? Was that the Denzel Washington film or was that back in January? I forget. I think it was back in January. So we'll, we'll, we'll pull one uh, next week uh, when we record. Uh, but uh, we do have a couple of emails here. Um, and the email is darkdiscussions at AOL.com or you can go into uh, the website and uh, type and uh, www.darkdiscussions.com. Press the contact us in the menu, and an email box will open up that way, and you can fill out an email there as well. Uh, I believe that there's been a couple of technical difficulties for the past five or six days with it uh, as the um, website was uh, updated, the software. So uh, I'm going to try to fix that, and uh, if not, uh, grab another widget that will be able to do it. If not, you can uh, directly email us again, darkdiscussions at AOL.com. 
Uh, so we do have uh, two emails from uh, John Appleby. Uh, John Appleby just had a birthday a couple of days ago, and for folks who are curious, like Pam, uh, we're recording this April 13th, 2023, and uh, he just turned uh, another year around the sun. Uh, John Appleby is on the other side of the pond in the UK. Uh, He's an Englishman, and uh, this is what he has to say. He has uh, two emails. The first is called Cordyceps. Uh, He goes, just listening to the last, last of us podcast, and I agree with some of your opinions. Definitely not enough zombie action, but boy, them giraffes have some neck. Overall, I did enjoy it, but not brilliant. Still not 100% convinced on the young actress, but the relationship of the two leads is good. I must say, and I do have the game on my PS4, but can't use the fucking controller. Too many buttons, LOL. Anyway, better than The Stand, and on par with The Walking Dead, Hopefully season two has humongous fungus and takes steps and peps up the cordyceps and not a spore bore. Let's hope there's mushroom for improvement. Take care. And thanks for the excellent pod. As usual, John Appleby. And well, uh, he failed his, that was funny. He clearly failed his controller ch- uh, check, but he did succeed in the pun check. He did. He did. He had a lot of good ones there. Uh, so, yeah, he sent us that email uh, because, again, our, our last episode of the podcast um, was the last episode of the show. Uh, so uh, any emails that would come uh, would have to come uh, after the fact. And that's why we're reading them here on the Dark Discussions podcast. Uh, basically, what was that podcast that we we just wrapped up there, Barrett, for folks who were curious about The Last of Us? The um, rise of the cordyceps infected cordyceps infected. Yeah. Uh, yeah we yeah. just wrapped that up. We went over the last of us show. Um, it was fairly well received. Um, not, I don't think it was our, our favorite show ever, but we really liked it. You should listen to the podcast. We certainly yep. didn't hate it the way some people have hated certain shows that they, that <laughs> they decided to cover. Um, but Indeed. they really need to. But you were, what were you saying, Emma? You, you, I you was saying we didn't. I said was saying we didn't hate it the way some people have hated certain shows that we've covered, even though they really should go back and watch them again. I'm sure they will. <laughs> Not. <laughs> uh, I know what that's in reference to. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a few of them actually. Are you sure it's that bad? Yeah, there's a bad one. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you need to get another watch. That's a, it's 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 the licorice ice cream effect. When I worked when I worked in an ice cream parlor, the uh, it was all homemade ice cream, and the boss had been working for years to try to get a good recipe of licorice ice cream, and he finally thought he he, he cracked it. Um, and in a month, we sold a single scoop. <laughs> but every everyone who worked there made sure to give a sample to their friends and family. Uh, because it was so god awful, it's like no, you won't believe just how bad this is. And then about once a week, all the employees would have to go in, and they say, you know what, I really should try it again because it couldn't possibly be that bad. And and nope, it always was. No, uh, does it did it taste like black licorice, or was it even was it really bad? Um, you know my my black students licorice are is really bad. Well, there's that. Right, but, no, it's not. Black right, licorice my, is my awesome. Fucking disgusting. Yeah, like my father, Plus, it my gives father heart attacks. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, if you eat too much, you can 
it can definitely cause you me- to get messed up from black licorice if you eat too much of it at once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My father liked the uh, black licorice, so uh, if he was still uh, with us, um, I wonder if he would have liked the ice cream. But if it was really I bad, know, I, I I have tasted seems... black licorice. It's been been oh thirty years, so I don't really remember it in that much detail. Uh, I, my students are fond of uh, a phrase that's saying uh, it tastes like shit. Now I I've never actually been able to taste shit to, to have a comparison, but uh, I imagine if I did taste shit, it probably would taste a bit like the ice cream. So if you eat more than 57 grams, two ounces a day for at least two weeks, it could lead to potentially serious health problems. Holy shit, we haven't even made it through the intro and we're already so far off the rails. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's get back on the rails. And uh, I we apologize, do have, Master Eric. And we, do, we, we do have a, another email from John Appleby. Uh, it was Mike's fault, not yours, Bart. And uh, this is what he had to say. He says... Uh, Dark Discussions. Hi, all. John, once again, from Durham, uh, Northeast England here. Tried a few times to email, but to no avail, uh, because, yeah, that was the, the issue that I was, I was mentioning about the, the box. He was the one that, that informed me that the box on the website uh, wasn't working, so uh, he... <laughs> um, yeah, so that'll be fixed, uh, but to no avail. Uh, fingers crossed you get this. Just seen cocaine beer... <laughs> And nuts of a film on its excellent message to children of the dangers of consuming too much fizzy pop. Have to say, I rather enjoyed it. Also, seen Creed 3, very predictable and a bit rushed, but as boxing tropes go, still good. Following that, I watched A Dark Song, a 2016 film, and thought mm. it was excellent. The two actors yeah. were fantastic. The ending, thought provoking, too. Uh, my next film I'll be catching is Ty West's Pearl, the sequel or the prequel to X. That's it for now. Take care. Oh, and I'm now one of your Patreon donators too. Woohoo! Take That's care two. for now. Over and out. <laughs> yes, and uh, John, I'll uh, take a look uh, for sure. Thank you, sir. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very uh, much. And some good, some good movie picks there. Um, yeah, I, uh, Dark, Dark Song, I think, was I that hated the... That, uh, yeah. that was really divisive. People yeah, either it was, loved it, was it or hated slow it. Burn, that was the slow burn Irish film, right? Where it was the... Uh, basically yeah. Ritual for the entire film? Yeah, that, that was Ritual, and, and yeah, and he... She's kill, she sets him up or something when she has to make a choice or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. It was a weird film. I didn't like it because I didn't like the characters. Uh, I'm sure it was a fine film otherwise, though. Um, but, yeah, I think we did an episode on it, as a matter of fact, way back. We may have. Yeah, back in, like, 2016. It's, it's so bad that I can't even remember if we've done episodes on certain things. Yeah, nine. <laughs> that would be <laughs> a long time, Mike. <laughs> that was yeah. seven years ago, as a matter of fact. So, yeah, well, we could yeah, be forgetful. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll address that, perhaps, if we get into what we've been watching. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Uh, a couple other things uh, for house cleaning. We do have a uh, um, a meetup coming uh, the weekend of August 11th uh, down in Mystic, Connecticut. Uh, basically, uh, it's a, a thing that we've been doing for years now, uh, ex- except during the, the, the COVID problems. And uh, basically, uh, we all meet up there, including some of our 
our uh, listeners and uh, our friends from other podcasts. And uh, we go to Mystic Pizza and hang out. And then we um, uh, tour. People can go uh, have a free time and they go tour uh, the whole area because it's a very nice uh, uh, like vacation area, uh, including a, a great uh, aquarium and there's a, a nuclear submarine you can you can uh, uh, go on at at uh, uh, the Thames River right between uh, New London and Groton and then uh, it does because Phil's been hot for having nuclear war for a while <laughs> and... no I've just lived with the shadow over me forever um, and uh, so we we will be doing that. And then uh, on Saturday we we all go see a movie, and then we uh, do a live live meaning in person uh, podcast. And then um, usually the next day we we either go out for breakfast or, or lunch and stuff. Uh, so it's usually a fun time. Uh, there's a chance that I believe uh, Holly Masiak, um, who's also a podcaster and a Rocky Horror Picture fan, will be uh, showing up. Or reenactor, yep. shadowcaster, whatever you call that. Um, and and by the way, when we first uh, met or interacted with uh, with Holly, she was pregnant, and uh, her son just celebrated her his eighth birthday. So uh, happy birthday to him! And uh, just a reminder, we've been doing this a long and, time. And, yes, and she actually had a birthday a couple of days ago as well. Oh uh, yeah, that's but right. Yeah, yeah, but so you're right. I mean, Holly as well. Yeah, yeah, happy birthday to Holly as well. Pretty but sure you're she's right. not nearly as old as us, though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure right. you're right. right. But, <laughs> no, but she's not. I, I'll tell you one thing. She, you know, if, her, if we remember when her child was in her belly, because she sent us a picture of her dressed as, I think, Jason, with yes. with uh, with her, you know, being pregnant at the in the picture, and that was like eight years ago or nine years ago, actually, right? Because of if he just celebrated his eighth birthday. That would be eight years now, and plus the year that she. she, she That's correct. Uh, the pregnancy comes before the birth. Yes. So <laughs> it's been a long, long time, and it's crazy uh, time. Cause and effect is is a is an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, all breaks down at the quantum level. Anyway, anyway, Eric, what else can people find on www.darkdiscussions.com, the website? Well, Phil, uh, they can find a link to our Patreon account. Patreon allows you to financially contribute to your online artists like us. Uh, producing the show is not free. We have to pay for things like uh, domain names and web servers and computer equipment and movie rentals and so on and so forth. So if you'd like to help us offset the cost of producing this show, that's how you can do it. You can go to Patreon.com slash Dark Discussions, or you can click on the Patreon badge on any page of DarkDiscussions.com. We appreciate any and all contributions. Yeah, listen, we, we, we run a threadbare operation. We do not splurge on uh, on luxuries like pants. <laughs> no hookers, no blow. No pants. Right, right. right. Well, and, and, you know, we, we do have a website where people could write articles, but... Um, Unfortunately, uh, we we don't have any real money to to pay folks, uh, but but uh, and, and there's a lot of folks out there that would like to write articles, but do they have the motivation to do it? And if they do, uh, we're always looking for articles and 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 writers for the website uh, that can include uh, you having your own column, uh, a weekly column, or what daily, whatever, uh, monthly. Uh, you would be able to. 
um, do reviews on Blu-rays or theatrical releases or reminisce on uh, famous um, horror directors or whatever. What and, are you doing? You are totally making this up on the spot. And and, and also they can um, get press passes for conventions where they can review conventions and stuff as well through us. Um, so uh, we're always looking for, for that. Well, that's the thing, is is Eric, is that they they could have that. I mean, um, before uh, – um, oh, shit, what the heck's the website? Uh, uh, so, I can't even remember. It's uh, something knife website, where which I wrote daily, actually weekly, like three or four articles weekly for uh, uh, L. Soros. Um, and uh, I had my own, uh, I guess, a column called Toto Mustn't Be Destroyed. And, uh, so the, and oh, I remember my, that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I was reading articles all the time. It's just that. And Ron Totem must absolutely be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wanted me to, to name the, the column Toto must be destroyed, but I, but I, I said no. We love we love dogs. So, uh, but and I said it, it was a joke. Because originally, I was going to call it Psychotronic Rolodex, and he goes, "Oh, come on, that's." generic and as a joke i had just seen like wizard of oz like for the 10th time in the week because of my kids and and i i just said that out as a joke and he said oh that's a great title yeah let's go with it so <laughs> yeah um so anyway uh yeah we're always looking for writers uh you can get, get a hold of us at dark discussions at aol.com and just write writers in the subject or you can just uh talk to us on the dark discussion podcast facebook group or instant message or, or 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 tag us in uh facebook um and we and, and also you can uh email through twitter too uh we have a um access to accept emails that way as well uh so that would be twitter dark discussion one dark discussion one dark discussions was already taken so we drop a s and add the number one um, all right, so I think that's pretty much it for our house cleaning. Um, and unfortunately, it ran a little long because of licorice. But we are now ready to go on to uh, discuss our topic tonight. And uh, Eric, uh, what are we going to discuss tonight? Tonight, we're going to be talking about a movie currently in theaters. We're going to be talking about Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. And what is probably going to be the nerdiest podcast we've ever done. <laughs> Here's the thing. We're a team of thieves. And when you do this, you're bound to make enemies. Sometimes those enemies come looking for revenge. Truth be told, we help the wrong person steal the wrong thing. We didn't mean to unleash the greatest evil the world has ever known. But we're gonna fix it. So how do we pull that off? Uh... Figure it out over a drink? Probably best. You need cooling! Give us a fighting chance. We're gonna need strength. You got this, right? I know you don't. We also need courage. Back to Magic. And you. What is that again? 
Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves uh, is a brand new film. Uh, came out two weeks ago uh, on March 31st, 2023, where it was released everywhere, in the, at least in the States. Uh, the film is an uh, hour and 34 minutes. Uh, it is directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. Uh, that, John Francis Daly is probably the big name because uh, he was the director of Game Night, uh, which is, a, uh, I think, a film that all of us here enjoyed and almost was an episode. Um, the film uh, was written by Goldstein, Daly, and Michael uh, Gilio uh, from a story by Chris McKay and Michael Gilio. Um, and uh, uh, Chris McKay was, was uh, the director of the Lego Batman movie. Um, the film stars uh, a number of folk, including Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez, as the two leads. Uh, Regé Jean Page, Justice Smith, and Sophia Lewis are the other three, uh, quote unquote, protagonists. And then Hugh Grant. Uh, is also one of the main members of the cast. Uh, the film was uh, distributed by Paramount Pictures and uh, has grossed 126.5 million so far, with a budget of 150. Um, a lot of the reviews are actually comparing it to the Marvel films uh, because of the, I guess the um, the humor. The humor, yeah, the, the the that type of stuff, exactly. So so it has the same type of tone as the Marvel films, uh, with the action and the quote unquote humor, and um, it was uh, drawing uh, oddly. Most people that saw it were men uh, or or boys, men and boys, but sixty one percent of the audience. And most of the viewers were 18 to 34, and that was 63% of the audience, which also surprised me because I, I figured it, it would skew all the way up to uh, the 60s uh, just for the fact that uh, this is a game that uh, many people um, that were older than 34 grew up with, um, including – Despite the expense, it's still kind of a young person's, younger person's thing because older people tend to have things like children that make it hard to get to the movies. Um, well, oh, so, well, that's so the, true. Yeah, yeah. So the age thing doesn't surprise me because I think almost every movie, like except like A Man Called Otto and Eighty for Brady, probably skew uh, older. But um, yeah, I, and, and also the male thing doesn't because I mean, it, it, the, at least when I was growing up, the stereotypical gamer was, was not like your cheerleader. Uh, <laughs> it was right. the same group that was in the computer club. Um, and like Marvel, and like Marvel comics, and yeah, it was it was it was very much a sausage factory. 
Not saying that there were not girl gamers. Absolutely were. Played with some of them. But they were clearly the minority. Fair enough. Um, so, uh, the film is uh, getting rave reviews uh, by critics, if that matters to anybody. Um, it is... Uh, Let's see here. 90% good reviews out of 271 reviews on uh, the Rotten Tomato website. Um, and it uh, has a, actually a pretty solid score, one of the biggest I've ever seen on Metacritic at 72 out of a 100, uh, which is interesting because usually a 90% film on Rotten Tomato, uh, Metacritic is always like around 56 or something for some reason. But here it's, it looks like uh, they're more in line. Um, the... The audience score, uh, since uh, a lot of people have noticed recently, is is way com- different than usually from these, uh, I guess, um, critics that 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 uh, review the films. Uh, and I'm trying to bring up the audience score right now, but uh, of course the the website Rotten uh, Tomatoes. We can just leave there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll t- I'll throw it out there if I can get to it. Uh, later in the podcast. Uh, so uh, let's go around and discuss uh, how we heard about this film and uh, what we thought about it. And uh, let's start with you, Eric. Yeah. Um, well, I found out this about this movie because um, this, the trailer for this movie was shown before just about every single movie I saw in the theater over the last year. Uh, and despite my best efforts to avoid trailers, um, if one like I close my eyes when trailers come in on in theater, um, but if I list the one often enough, you know it sinks in. Um, so from having listened to the trailer a bunch of times, um, you know I'm a Dungeons and Dragons guy from the '80s. Uh, I still have dice from the '80s. Um, and my interest in D and D was uh, reinvigorated over the last few years when a uh, a podcaster I enjoy started a live gaming. Uh, video stream on caffeine and then moved over to Twitch uh, and you can get them all on YouTube called the dungeon run. Um, so yeah, I, I was pretty sure I was going to go see this movie from the trailer. It sounded like it was going to be fairly goofy. I did not have high expectations going into it. Um, but I'm happy to say that I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, I did not think there was going to be, any type of story in this movie. And I was completely wrong about that. They actually wrote a pretty good D and D story to have this movie centered around, um, as well as the humorous bits and so on and so forth, the action and all that. Um, so I put it all together and I was, I was really happy when I walked out of the theater. I enjoyed this movie a lot. It's probably, I, I, I this isn't, this isn't to heap praise on this movie, but it's just a sign of like how generally meh everything has been so far this year. This is my favorite movie of the year so far. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I hope it will not end up being my favorite movie of the year because if it does, that means we had six months of crap. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so far it's top on the list. I really had a lot of fun with this movie. And uh, Eric, could it be your best Speculative fiction, or uh, or just speculative fiction? Hey, film. You know, right now, yes. Uh, who knows? I mean, other stuffs. I, we got we got eight months to go, right? We do, we do. 
Time's fine, but we do. Yep. All right. Uh, it's uh, 93% uh, good reviews by uh, audiences, so it's it's right in line with the the critics. So that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I heard about this film uh, because there was some post that may have been you, Mike, that either posted it or someone else posted it and you um, commented. And um, on Facebook, I have – Everybody here on the podcast is part of my um, um, top friends. So whenever you guys post, sometimes uh, it pops up in my red little bell feed. And um, you, it was a list of like 20 films coming out this year. And which films were you, or little pictures, little boxes of, of posters, uh, which films were you looking forward to the most? And um, uh, I, I forget what you put, Mike, but I, I put this one here as one. Um, but again, I, I, I was a bit, uh, skeptical as well, uh, as Eric, cause again, the, the trail was everywhere. And of course the kids wanted to show me the trail when it popped up on YouTube. And so I'm not going to turn my back on my kids. So I had to watch it anyway. So, um, the humor was, was, was a bit, uh, worrisome because I was expecting that this was going to be more like the Lord of the Rings or Dragon Slayer from the 1980s or or, or darker type film, and that's it. That's what um, I was hoping for because usually the the best um, modules in in Dungeons and Dragons when I was a kid were the undead stuff and and the the evil necromances and all this other stuff, and so I thought it was going to go that route, uh, but the trail obviously. Uh, was making it not to be. Um, so yeah, I went and saw it with uh, my youngest daughter, Vivian, uh, because she wants to see everything that is kind of scary. While my oldest daughter refused to go because she thought it would be scary because there were swords and stuff and she doesn't like blood. Um, so we went and they had freebies. So they had free uh, posters and free cloth maps of the Forbidden Realm, which is... Um, a part of the Dungeons and Dragons section that this film takes place in. And so we got a bunch of freebies and I got a couple of extras for Colette. And um, so, yeah, um, yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, again, it wasn't the dark um, film I was looking for, but I still had a lot of fun with the film. And um, Vivian had a great time with the film. Um, and there was a moment I actually, my eyes watered up because it was sad. Um, and my, my daughter even noticed. And so I couldn't lie. I go, yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. But um, all in all, yeah, it was a fun time. Um, I could see how some people could say it was a little long, but I, I felt it was, was went fast and, and it was a pretty good film. So I'm with Eric. Uh, it was a really good film, highly worth checking out. Definitely a film that would be really good on the big screen. And, um, yeah, it, it'll probably be a top five uh, film, uh, specifically the, the speculative fiction list uh, films that we put out at the end of the year. I, I, I mean, there could be things that could topple it, but, but I still figure it'll be a top five because it's that good of a film. And I don't think Eric is uh hyperbole with with his point saying it's the best film of the year so far uh let's go with you barrett um <clears throat> yeah i heard about this movie because i exist um which i guess is open to uh question but um it 
as far as a film, um, I liked it. I think it's probably one of the best D and D things that has been put out for entertainment, um, like a movie or a TV show or anything like that. Um, so that was my first feeling about it. Some of the things that I might not have liked about it, I felt like they were trying to shoehorn in a little too many creatures directly from the monster manual. I'm a longtime D and D player. Uh, I played a huge game back in the nineties, uh, for about five years straight every weekend. Um, so I'm a pretty big D and D fan and I just felt that was a little pushed a little hard and I thought it was a little sillier than I wanted it to be. But again, that's just what I want, not what I was given. So I can accept what I was given. I really enjoyed it. It's a good film. Um, I'm glad we're finally getting something halfway decent <laughs> for a D and D film. So that is a big positive for me right there. And I'm glad that the, so there was a lot of drama around um, the company that makes D and D um, wizards of the coast right before this movie came out and it doesn't look like it has hurt the movie. So that is good as well. And what's, what's that news that happened? Uh, that you're, you're they have, to? they had a, con, they had a common licensing thing. So um, other companies could make products that would utilize the D and D rules and things like that. And they were right before this movie, they tried to throw that away and tried to start <laughs> changing the way that would work. Um, it came down to money really. Um, but it was, it created such an uproar that they reversed their decision. They took weeks to do it. So there was a lot of animosity and some companies well, decided to, to make fair, their own. The, the legal thing was leaked. It was never officially stated. And right, so basically yeah, they were yeah, yeah. That is, that's a fair statement. To, they were trying to force companies to license or, or not use, create modules uh, without going through them or something like that. It would have created a big amount of cash for them. Um, and, and they are losing out. In, they are losing out in some ways, but let me, let me, let me jump in here and clarify what the, what the actual controversy was about. Um, the controversy was because they had offered lifelong licenses right. uh, to two companies who paid a one-time <laughs> exorbitant fee uh, for a, a license that they would never have to renew. Uh, and they went back on that. So guess what? We changed our mind. No, lo, no more lifetime license. We're taking it away from you. If you already paid for it. And that's why there was such an uproar. And I yeah, don't and think it was going to pass through the attorneys. Like if you've ever looked like you go to some little store and they may have like your hometown version of monopoly, you can't copyright game rules. Uh, and that's a problem. So all they had to do was say this is a D20 game or just not call yeah. it a D20 game, but basically just use all those rules and not, you know, and they couldn't do anything to stop it. And they were putting a limit on it. So if you want to do something yourself or publish yourself, uh, but they were basically trying to stop companies from making shit tons of money off their, their product. They weren't really trying to go after fans or Right, right. Like, yeah, yeah, doing it at right. Home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I, in, the end, it, in the end, it was a public relations nightmare, and they Absolutely. went back on what they had, what had gotten released, and it was just a foolish thing, and it kind of hurt them. But I'm glad it didn't hurt the movie. So right. there was and another think, controversy that affected this movie, but we'll get into that post spoiler. Okay. Um. All right. Sounds good. So uh, let's go with you, 
Uh, Mike. Uh, so I'm another longtime D&D fan. I actually have, uh, I think, my original Monster Manual, Player's Handbook, and uh, Dungeon Master's Guide uh, autographed by Gary Gygax. Nice. <laughs> Mine are an autograph. I met, I met him in the 90s, and uh, I actually got to, and actually, uh, personal note, I met him not long after one of my uh, good friends and a uh, one of my regular role player guys had passed away in a car accident. And I was able to, to to see him and thank him for giving me the opportunity to to meet this friend of mine and having so many good memories with him. And I think that's one of the reasons I enjoyed this movie so much, because if you listen to fans, they all want to be like edgelords. They want every movie to be like the Batman. They want to be, I want a serious Dungeons & Dragons movie. I want a serious Star Wars. I want a serious Star Trek. And then you put the actual players together to do a game, and it's all a bunch of goofballs and fucking around because that's who they are right it's just the whole point of gaming is to have fun and i think this was a lot of fun um it, it was uh and i i had a lot of trepidation going into this because the um yes that the trailer was not great and i am by no means anti-trailer i love a good trailer when it's a good one uh but i think that the trick is not to watch it 400 times and when you have the trailer in theaters for literally over a year, as Eric was saying, it's hard not to see it 400 times because that's it's like I'll watch it once or twice. But then I'll, if I keep doing it, every beat, every line just gets ingrained in my memory. And that's really and it leads to over analysis. Um, and I think that's where we have fallen down, like within a minute of a trailer hitting uh, online, there's some youtube channel going the 60 secrets that are exposed in the new star wars trailer and you're like you know people want it spoiled um so i so i don't think there's as long as you and if you want it spoiled for you hey go ahead but for those who don't the, the key is not to watch it 700 times but it wasn't a great trailer i didn't think um you know it leaned heavy into pop and music uh and leaned heavy into the humor uh which there is a lot of but and then the fact that it took them forever to come out, that's not usually a good sign. Usually when a movie, like you see the movie at the Super Bowl, was, it was advertised in the Super Bowl in 2022. Um, that seems to be like a movie that just had gotten delayed. And, that, and admittedly, COVID was in there. Uh, but it makes you think maybe that they didn't have a whole lot of faith in it. But that's weird. Why would you put a... Uh, a Super Bowl ad out for a movie you didn't have faith in. Uh, it initially got poor reviews uh, on very early screenings, but that was because there were people who never played D&D, and as the people who actually were fans watched it, the scores started to skyrocket because it kind of gave them, I think, what they wanted. And I think they do fan service in a good way in that, you know, the character has to cast a spell. So they pick, they pick spells out of the player's handbook. If you do not know Dungeons and Dragons, you'd never know that that's Bigby's clenching fist. But if you do, you would. You won't feel lost. You won't feel lost that you don't know what a displacer beast is if you don't know what a displacer beast is. Or if you don't get the joke of the, uh, the, the was it five or six people in the, uh, in the gladiatorial arena and what that's a reference to. But if, <laughs> the Jodas Cube. The Jodas Cube. The gelatinous cube. Yeah, all these little things, right? It's um, if, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you're not lost. I don't think it hurts anything. 
Um, right. if you know, and I was asked as I was asked that specific question by Mr. Watson. Uh, I talked to him recently and he, uh, yeah, he was like, I've never played D and D in my life. Well, will I still like the movie? And I was like, yeah, I think you will. There's a bunch of stuff in there for D and D fans, but if you're not a D and D fan, it's still entertaining. Right. If you can enjoy something like, uh, Willow or Lady Hawk, uh, or something like that, which are all have their own little worlds of, with their own little rules, and I'm sure they've all had their own homemade role playing games. You, you should be able to enjoy this too. Um, well, I want to be I clear. Like, I want to be clear. You said people want you know edge lords and want Batman. That's not what I was looking for. I just found no, no, it. No, I'm a not li- talking about. I know. I found it a little more silly than I wanted it to be. That's all. And I, was and I get that, but there's no because they, uh, <laughs> you, you know I could see like going to like a Raiders level, you know, which had fun, but it was also serious at moments. And this yeah, definitely yeah. leaned more into the silly. But no, you know what I'm talking about. Like the, the yes. people want everything to be, you know, super dramatic and super because they because they have such so insecure about their childish hobbies. And I'm perfectly fine admitting these are somewhat childish hobbies because um, they're, they're games and toys and what and whatnot. They want to be taken seriously. So they need those things to be super serious, dude. So, no, this is a really serious comic book, dude. People die and Batman pisses himself and everything, you know, whatever. Um <laughs> But anyhow, um, no, I think it's just a lot of fun. And my fear was that we were going to get Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Part 2. Now, if you're never not aware of it, uh, Dungeons & Dragons was made into a movie previously. And for some reason, it actually escaped out into the wild. They did not manage to kill it before that happened. Um, Just to give you a sense, it starred Jeremy Irons as the villain. And... uh, his performance was so bad and so over the top, even William Shatner would have to say, like, you need to tone it down a little bit. Um, it, it, it was just awful. It's one of the worst films I think I've, I've ever seen before the Transformers franchise. Um, but, yeah, so I was afraid that that's what it was going to be. And, no, it ended up being, being really solid. And I know the Forgotten Realms campaign setting by Ed Greenwood. And there are little mentions in there, like Elminster the Mage, the Red Wizards of Fae, Waterdeep, uh, Neverwinter. And by the way, there's also all the video games. Neverwinter Nights was a successful oh, yeah. PC game, and I think it got adapted. Baldur's Gate. The console, the well, yeah, Baldur's Gate, one of my all-time favorite oh, yeah. uh, video games. Absolutely brilliant game. Um, so, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff out there. That's that, that that they tapped into and draw. But again, you didn't have to know any of it. Um, I mean, I remember when the Forgotten Realms came out. So it was, you know, hearing those place yeah. names was just awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I, listen, so I just had fun. I really did. I was worried when we opened up with a flashback scene because I was afraid like the entire movie that we were doing. That was one of those starting at the end of the film. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking, too. Was like, oh, <laughs> shit. This is going to be a, this whole thing is going to be. Terrible. Now, I admit. If, if this was in my hands and I'm not saying it ever should have been, and I'm not saying I could have done a better job. Like I kind of would have liked to see something like, um, like sort of like princess bride, but instead of cutting back and forth to the old man, reading his son's story, like cutting back and forth to gamers gaming, um, because there is a gaming aspect to it. But I did see, there's a good video by, um, I think it was screen crush who basically goes through and points out all the similarities to as if this was a real, role-playing game session, like how you don't actually have any development of the villain because you don't in a role-playing game, right? You don't have <laughs> a see-what-the-villain-is-doing thing. The villain is just the like the boss at the end of a... Well, even now, you get cutscenes. Roll initiative. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, there's a there's a there's a thing where like, oh, well, they clearly you know made their saving throw. You know, and here's the scene where the players fuck up the dungeon master's plan and decide to go do their own thing regardless. And like, uh, and, and, and that's all very true. You know, if you've ever played, you know, then you know that there's the, the first the dungeon master is the guy that runs the game, comes up with a story. And the first thing the players do is fuck up the story they came up with because they just don't pick up on, on obvious clues like a giant green arrow saying, go this way. Uh, Dor- darkness Rising does or is it darkness? Something like that uh, is a great movie um, by an independent film place. If you ever seen the gamers. Okay. Check it out. If you haven't seen it, it's pretty funny. It's like that. It shows a group of gaming characters and goes back and forth between the characters and the players. And I'll also say this, they did while they did a lot of Easter egging and they did a lot of following certain rules and traditions in Dungeons and Dragons. They never got overburdened with minutia. And gaming technicality, you know, like, well, the wizard can only cast so many spells a day and, you know, and stuff like that. You know, it's they, they just had fun with it. And um, I think it paid off. And I would be very happy to uh, spend time with this cast again, because that's the other thing I think they did. Is they got a good cast with good chemistry. Absolutely. I would do, yeah. but I, uh, uh, it hasn't made its money back. And that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looked like it was going to do really well, and uh, but then it had a, a drop off, um, a big drop off from, from from the second week. Yeah, yeah, and and it may it make ran into John Wick. What's that? It ran into John Wick. Yeah, yeah, and it, it'll make not it, many people survive that. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the budget was was is crazy. There's no doubt, um, but. It will probably make back its its money, but how much will it be profitable is, is questionable. Now they were already talking about possible sequels um, and trying to make this a, a franchise like Marvel. Uh, they did already agree to create a television series um, that Paramount uh, will, will will have on their sh- network. Uh, so, so that's coming, and that should be about nine to ten episodes. I actually uh, think that's their better route for a little while, and see where they go with that. Um, right. If they're going to spend that much on a movie, um, <laughs> then they have to be able to make it back. But I'll also go back to the dawn of the Snyderverse and Warner Brothers holding a big press announcement, and they outlined like their next ten years of movies, and like three of those movies actually happened. Um, <laughs> so. And we, we can talk about a lot of stillborn franchises, the Golden Compass, the Aragorn was another one um, where they had these big plans and big dreams of doing the next Lord of the Rings or doing the next Marvel Cinematic Universe. Look at the Universal Monsters franchise, um, which completely blew up um, because The Mummy was a terrible film. Uh, so the, was difference here, though, the difference here, though. Unlike Aragon and the Mummy and stuff, is that this was a good film? Yeah. yeah well, the, one yeah. of the yeah. other things I'll be curious to see is like I know there's licensing, right? And that's where, as we all know, that's where the real money is made. Uh, you know, yogurt taught us that many many years ago. Um, <laughs> is it's all it all comes down to merchandising. And so, like I've seen um, uh, Hasbro pushing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons toys and action figures. And so, if you want to get your toy beholder and your toy. Uh, the displacer beast and you know you can do that and toys obviously intellectual devour 
that's the one I want. Uh, that, no well, the good, the good thing is it's their intellectual property since they own Wizards of the Coast. Exactly. <laughs> so there is there is money to be made, and I'll be curious to see how well those things sell. If you want to get your Black Dragon, or um, you can certainly maybe well, find that and, there. And the good news is that now you might actually be able to get your parents to buy you some of the stuff rather than back in the 80s when we were yeah. trying to do it. And everybody thought you were involved with Satan if you played Dungeons and Dragons. Satanic, <laughs> right? Right, right. Uh, yeah, no, my parents didn't care. They, they didn't buy. No, my, my, mine my, didn't my, either. My good old Catholic yeah, they, mom didn't give a shit. But, yeah, uh, my, my my mother was was and father thought it was just a. No, my, my mom didn't care either. I'm just saying it was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it, definitely it, a thing. Well, it was all part of the you know Judas Priest and Ozzy Osbourne and yeah, and the, the satanic panic. panic. Yep. Yeah, yeah, all that rubbish. Rubbish. Yeah, so go watch uh, the Devil's Candy. No, not the Devil's Candy. Um, shit, what was the one with the the beating up on monsters with the dildos? Uh, Deathgasm. Deathgasm. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I have not seen that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. Oh yeah, you got to watch Deathgasm. It's a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we did an episode on that one. Yeah. Um. All right, so uh, it appears that we uh, all enjoyed the film, and uh, there'll be uh, a lot of stuff to talk about even before we get into the plot of the film, but we'll talk about that in a second. But, uh, Eric, uh, do we have a IMDb or Wiki or Rotten Tomatoes? No, Phil. I just have a Wiki Wiki. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic. But things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. All right. That sounds uh, about right. Um, yeah, so uh doesn't tell you too much. Uh, so what, what we do here on our Dark Discussions podcast, uh, for, for those who are new or, or even our regulars, uh, basically we have a non-spoiler section where we talk about everything and anything uh, that isn't related to the plot of spoilers. So we talk about things like uh, the director, maybe um, the actors, Dungeons and Dragons itself, uh, certain aspects of how it does it, does it tie into the game? Does it follow the rules correctly? uh, Possibly we can Mike mentioned a couple of things like big B's, whatever hand. Um, But then at a certain point, we throw up a spoiler alert where we then talk about everything and everything, anything that's related to the plot. So basically we critique and dissect specific scenes and things of that nature and not just uh, review the film as, as we have just done. Um, so we will uh, warn you at that point. So don't worry until then, if you haven't seen the film and you don't want to continue listening to the podcast, although uh, some of our listeners like uh, Kevin Letts and such uh, enjoyed hearing uh, the spoilers as well. Um, so um, let's talk about uh, Dungeons and Dragons a little bit. Um, uh, what uh, what uh, experiences did you guys have? I, I was always, believe it or not, uh, the dungeon master, and I, and and I was I did that intentionally because um, I. Boobs in the game. I'm sorry. It was the only way to get boobs in the game? No, no, it was um, because. Uh, a lot of the folks who played the game, I thought were f- fucking assholes. Um, 
And so I wanted to weed out and choose the people I, I, I wanted to play um, because even though it's, it's kind of curious because, you know, Mike always jokes about me and, and, and the jocks and, and whatever. And we, we all know certain groups, uh, whether they're the smoking crowd and, and the hippie crowd or the goth crowd or the jock crowd have their dinks. But believe it or not, the, the nerds may have the most toxic dinks of them all. And so I just didn't want them in, in just didn't want them um so i was always the dungeon master usually and and i always had an npc character that i would play uh that would basically be mine but i I didn't make any decisions because obviously d and d the dungeon master knows what's going to happen uh but i always like it was like a a magic user um and uh yeah it was it was pretty fun and it allowed me to know version one gaming rules like um how to podcast or cook or Taylor Swift. So it, it was actually pretty helpful to, to understand the game because folks who aren't familiar with the game, there's really two giant rule books, uh, the player's guide and or the player's handbook and the dungeon master's guide. And, and they're pretty thick books for 12 or 13 year old kids. Um, so that was, what I did. What about you guys? You, I, I know Eric, uh, or actually it was you, Barrett, that you said you were doing it back in the nineties and, and you had like six years. Straight. Yeah. We had a, we had a campaign that ran for six years about, um, it was a pretty serious game. Uh, there, were, you know, as any game can be at, when you're 18 to 25, <laughs> um, we had a, the same crew of people mostly through that six years. Um, it was a lot of a lot of fun. Uh, I look on that time fondly. Um, every weekend we would play. Um, sometimes two nights in the weekend we'd stay up all night Friday, and then Saturday night we'd play as well. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, that was right. definitely you know first edition. With and then we started to get into second edition. Um, at some point we switched over. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I actually um, last time I, I played was about ten years ago. Well, we were actually doing the podcast, I think, and it was on Tuesday nights. And it was this guy I knew that I graduated from high school with, and he was a toxic guy. I felt nerd back in the day, and and sure enough, he was still the toxic scumbag that that I I knew from way back. Um, and so. Yeah, I mean, I even blocked him on Facebook, but uh, like five years ago. So, so yeah, you have to be careful with these people. I feel because it's just yeah, not it was, toxic. Dinks. I was playing starting in about uh, sixth or seventh grade, somewhere back then, um, with the original basic rule set box set. Um, that's how I started, and I still have all my stuff. I've been slowly yeah, thinking about selling it because I don't play anymore. And it takes up a boatload of space. I have like the original uh, deities and demigods that has the copyright <laughs> infringement yeah. version, um, stuff like that. So one of these days I got to sell it, but that's a lot of work as well. So I kind of sit in the middle and don't do anything with it. <laughs> what about you, Eric? Your your experience? I know, like you said, uh, yeah, you were the one that, that and you mentioned it uh, during your review. Um, how you used to watch the, this podcast, and uh, you got me into watching it a few times as well. And uh, 
um, it was pretty cool and, and kind of fun. And none of those guys seemed like t- they were toxic. Um, right. But but obviously you you were a fan back in the day too, right? So uh, oh yeah yeah, uh, I probably played heavy through uh, sixth through eighth grade, um, and uh, then then we got to high school and you know how when you high school you all like break up in the little cliques and whatnot. Um, at that point D and D wasn't cool anymore, so we didn't really play. Um, but yeah, for a few years there, I was into it. And, and honestly, the main reason I got into it, my older brother had been playing it and he played advanced Dungeons and Dragons. And I tell you, man, those hardback books, the oversized hardback books, like the players, the player's handbook and the dungeon master's guide and the monster's manual. I just loved to peruse those things for fucking hours. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they had the pictures with it too. They had, yeah, they had great art, and they had fucking charts, man. I I'd love a good chart. Um, I guess that was a sign that I was going to end up being a computer nerd, because um, that was before before home computers were really a thing. Um, but man, just like looking at all the charts of the stats and the different spell levels and what you would gain when you went up a level, and and the dice were fucking cool looking. Um, like I still buy dice just like I haven't played since the eighties, but like I still buy dice cause they just fucking look cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, and I like it. I just like to look at them. Um, so yeah, um, I was, I was really into, uh, really just like the whole statistics, uh, angle on the game. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's why I got into it. Uh, and I put it down for a long, long time. And then, yeah, as you were referencing, Phil, uh, when uh, Jeff Kanata started the Dungeon Run uh, a few years back, I got into that. Uh, that show is interesting because it was a live play D&D campaign that he was the Dungeon Master for, but they actually cast it. They they had people come in and audition, uh, and they were more worried about their ability to act and role play than if they'd ever played Dungeons and Dragons before they were willing to like help them along if they didn't know all the rules and everything. So that's what they ended up doing. And, uh, you know, a couple people in the show really had never not have never played a lot of D and D before. Um, and were learning as they went and it ended up being a lot of fun because of it, because, you know, they weren't thinking about the stats or the spells or the books or the, whatever they were thinking about. Okay. What would, what would my character do here? Um, and I thought it was an interesting approach. So yeah, I recommend the dungeon run if you haven't checked it out, but back to Dungeons and Dragons. Indeed. Uh, what about you, Mike, your experience with the, with the, the thing, because, uh, all of us, uh, uh, quote unquote nerds, uh, even though I, I kind of, uh, was a, a Venn diagram. Cause I was, I was like friends with all different types of farmers. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, I, I, I mean, my best friend was the high school football captain. So I was, I was, I, I had a, it was interesting. I was an interesting folk. Cause I like, I was on the chess team and I played Dungeons and Dragons and I had comic books and anime and all that crap. And, and yet at that time it wasn't hip right now. Now everybody does that crap. It seems video games, you know, you name it. Yeah. Um, oh, no, the, nerds the, day, the nerds, the nerds have totally won. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
because it's, because it's good stuff. But uh, Mike, what about you? Uh, your experience with the, with the game and all that good oh, stuff? Because I know you were comics. You, you you were like, if there's anybody that knows comics, Mike is the man. Is like ridiculous. Mike is like the living game. version of the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Oh yeah, absolutely. Worst episode ever. Um, but. Um, I weirdly backed into Dungeons and Dragons. I knew about D and D because of the the eighties. <laughs> you know, it's like you had heard about it. When did Mazes and Monsters, which uh, uh, starred this little known actor named Tom Hanks uh, in a TV movie, that came out like in eighty one. So it was already a big thing then. And what ended up happening? My friends and I were really into like in fifth grade uh, or sixth grade was like the, the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think those came out and then we started trying like to do our own, but then we started to do like, Oh, well, what if like, you know, you put some rules in place for like what could happen with the choices. And we ended up writing rules to doing the, and it ended up basically turning to ro- making up, making role-playing games. Um, and then we ended up get, finally getting D and D and I got the, um, I think it was originally the, was it the pink box set? It was before the red box set. Uh, so I didn't have like the D and D before it was just broken down which would have been the very early editions of Dungeons and Dragons. You mean that sepia toned box? It wasn't sepia. It was, that might've been the original. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, have didn't, that one. I didn't have that one, but I had the one where, um, right before, so where they had split it up into basic and advanced. Right. And yeah. Then basic. They, they did, um, basic and then they did an expert and then they did, you know, I, I don't remember. They just kept going all the way up to like the immortal set. It was to carry it through to like level 30. So I end up getting those. I don't know, maybe seventh grade, um, eighth grade. But my friends and I started point? playing. I just like. Um, Eric, I just loved reading the books, and I especially because as I've said many times on the podcast, I'm a monster guy, so I loved reading things like the Monster Manual and the Fiend Folio uh, and the Deities and Demigod stuff, and that I always liked. And I was like seeing like these new monsters, and I loved uh, Dragon Magazine, which was the the monthly magazine by TSR, and often there was an article written by, uh, usually by Ed Greenwood, who was the guy who would end up creating the Forgotten Realms. It was called The Ecology of Articles that would go in-depth on any one particular... I, I stopped at the Lamir a lot when I was looking through the Monster Manual. Yeah, I, I imagine. Yeah, she, uh, <laughs> she was well, well, well endowed. Let's just say. Yeah, well... Well, when you're 12 years old... Eric, after your 12-year-old boy, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. And, and you could have it in your room, and your parents wouldn't complain about it. Yeah, but he's looking right. at it right now, Mike. No, no. <laughs> I didn't say it was okay as a fifty-two-year-old man, three-year-old man. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm the same thing, and I'm friend of my, and I basically stayed with the same group of players through high school. Um, and my house was usually the place we got together. We would dabble in some other role-playing games. Um. We loved, there was a video game, uh, role-playing game called Toon. It was sort of like a Roger Rabbit kind of game. And then there was one called, uh, they liked Car Wars was another one they enjoyed. Um, played, uh, there was a James Bond game. There was uh, a few others. But it was almost, it was mostly going to be D&D. And then when I was in college, they came out with the second edition. Uh, and then by the time I met my wife, who, uh, <laughs> my wife put her an ad in the, uh, in the personals, and she like said mentioned that she liked being a dungeon master, and boy, did she get some interesting responses to that. Um, oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of toxic people that play these games. I'll tell you that. No, that was not what they got, Phil. That was not 
the people she was getting that responded when the, she so that was the, they were looking for a different type of dungeon master. Oh, I get it. it, it being, uh, <laughs> my, my sweet, my sweet naive innocent wife uh, didn't quite somehow know that was opening up a door. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but and then we kind of we, we tried a little bit with third edition with her, some of her friends. As my friends kind of split up and went all over the map and had trouble dealing with like life itself, uh, and then even that, you know, just kind of things got busy. You know, one marriage split up, and it just became hard to continue. And uh, you know, I so I think I picked up the very early fourth edition. I think they're in fifth edition now, and they're ready to go into a new edition. And it's kind of because I think there's some really awesome stuff you can do now. It's way more into miniatures than it was when we started. Um, and it's, you know, a lot more you can do with visualizing things on computers. So I, I, edition rules are also just, uh, they make more sense than, than, than the original whole, the whole agent, yeah. like, like the armor class thing is, is, is makes a whole lot more sense now than it ever did before. Right. Yeah. It's easier to just look at it and understand well, it. Yeah. Higher, well, better, the better, the better the armor was and everything else. The higher. So they like the yeah so like the the, the D twenty system I think was in second edition and what happens like the first edition like fans everything got role played to death in in that era and so like there were superhero games and so it became about what were the stats for Spider Man and what's the stats for Batman and super and everybody won rules and stats and everything we want to rule for this situation rule for that situation and it just got so and that's one of the things that was fueling like Dragon Magazine is there was always some rule for you know, how to make this, you know, the effect of this particular medicine and how can you use herbs and real. And eventually at some point it came so burdened by its own weight. They had to just say, OK, stop. It's a game. The point is to have fun. Right. And not worry about how realistic or technically true it's going to be. And I think a lot of those things is where like you and, and decomplicating it is where a lot of those later editions came in. Um, as well as incorporating other things for fun, different races. So, like in this film, you had tieflings, which were half demonic races, which I think came in in the third edition. Uh, dragon kind, which you see in this movie, and there was a bird species I think came out, and even in a, in a later species, a later edition. Um, and yeah, and, really and actually, some of the the worlds had had their own creatures too, like like the like there's the steampunk world, and so you had you could be like robots and stuff it was kind of interesting but anyway, right, so you had, um, i remember there was an early adventure and i can't remember where there was where they don't ever tell you that that is what it is but you can read between the lines and you're basically the dungeon is a crashed ufo yep um so oh, that was, yeah, that was awesome. That was I remember that up. one. That was fucking awesome. That's around was, the yeah. same time that Gamma World Gamma World came out right about then. Right. They the released Gamma the, World. The, the Something Mountains. Yeah. Was, uh, I forget the, the first word of it, but yeah, yeah it was it was, uh, and, was a great one. Yeah, and there was some so and that's the one I think like it was the Aboleth and and like there were, there were there were creatures that that introduced and then some of them got put into the new monster manual. But you had like Greyhawk, I think yeah, it was Gary Gygax, or High Fantasy, uh, Expedition to the Gal- Barrier Peaks. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. And then you had um, so. Forgotten Realms was the next big one they did, which was more leaning a little, not as High Fantasy as Greyhawk, and a little more Tolkienish, Tolkienesque. And then they had things like Dragonlance came out when I was in high school. Ravenloft was the best. Dragonlance and Forgotten Realms. 
Actually, you know what? I can't say that for Forgotten Realms as a whole, but Dragonlands, like, I had Dragonlands, I had to wait for the second book to be published. Um, and I don't know about Forgotten Realms altogether, but the the books about Drizzt the Warden. There are um, like yeah, that's Forgotten forty Realms. or so yeah. of those now. Yeah, I, I, I had to wait for the second one to be published. I'm I'm still of Ravenloft. That was the best. With, with yeah, the, 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 the Ravenloft yeah, yeah. games were, were 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 horror, and it was um, yeah, yeah, like basically was... moving you into a the universal monster kind of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah was... there was all sorts of different worlds. And I'm sure there's probably been others that have been published since then that I don't know anything about. And this is something that they kind of hoped to do uh, in that biting off more than they can chew, trying to run before they can walk thing in plans for doing like a D&D multiverse because you could have portals to other realms and crossovers between multi-universe. It's like, let's deal with the one universe and the one group of characters first, and then we'll worry about the expansion later. But I think the TV series they're talking about doing is Dragonlance. So, um, oh, cool. So that would it be cool. Fell. Those are great. Those are really solid books. Yeah. The the books about Drizzt Warden, written by R. A. Salvatore. He lives in Massachusetts. Yep. That's right. Uh, Framingham, Massachusetts. Uh, yep. Absolutely. That's uh, used to be the largest town in the country because it didn't have a mayor. Um, and I don't know if I think it may have gone to become finally became a city, but I forget. Yep. But that's where he was. R. A. Salvatore. Yeah. Yeah. He was good. And I'm like, I'm, I'm still is. He's still writing. He's still writing those books because <laughs> yeah. they keep writing a paycheck. Um, yep. I wonder if he's actually still writing them or if he's just putting his name on them and they're like getting like high school. Yeah, I've, I've read all of them. They seem like his style still um, okay. not seeing a discernible difference yet. So oh, another game we were, into, we were very into was uh, Battletech, which was more of a there was a role playing component. but it was mostly I never played it, but I know that. Playing, playing giant battle mechs, beating on each other, uh, and that was fun. And I was, I was really good at that. And I made up tables on that, and uh, analyzing like things like weapon efficiency. And so I would like, I would, you know, be able to kick ass at some tournaments because I figured out like I kind of broke the system. <laughs> but uh, it figured out the best way to do it. But it's like it's it's just, it was just something that's fun, and it was a fun times. It was great memories, and I had a, a blast with this with this film. So I'm very happy to have done it. I was surprised my wife was not interested in seeing it. And I don't know why, because she would, I would always play a ranger. Maybe she was afraid there was going to be a dungeon master. Yeah, but she wanted, but she always played bard in the lead. It's like, you got a bard as the lead of a dungeon dragons film. I was surprised she didn't want to do it. Um, I, I, like I said, I always took a ranger. I was, you know, I was a bio major. I was like the animals. I always liked the creatures. And so the, the, the ranger kind of fit my character, my, my, my personality. Uh, my friend Ralph was always the magic user, and Ralph was like the guy who memorized the entire, like every book, in in that that TSR had published. And I remember we had actually gone to a gaming convention, and we were in a tournament. And uh, while we were on this adventure in the tournament, like we run across somebody who's paralyzed by a spell, and he immediately, from the description of the spell, like shouts out the name of the spell, quotes it verbatim, and the page number that it's on. So he was one of those like weird, freaky nerd. Now he could recite it from memory. He didn't necessarily always understand what he was saying. He knew, but he knew the words. He could read it. He couldn't necessarily always comprehend it. But um, yeah, so it was just just weird. And you know, it, it, it was just it was fun. It was fun with my friends, and we always met an interesting group of people. And it's and it's weird because it's a game where it's not Monopoly. 
you don't there's no you're not struggling to come out on top to, to be the winner and everybody else be the loser um so i think that's one of the things that makes those role-playing games different because you're not playing against people you're playing with people and that is true that is true and that's why you had to get rid of the toxic people because there's a lot of dinks you know and and they, they would they would try to not only were they terrible people but as gamers they would just be dinks too because they would want to start fights in the party and all that other stuff and it was i think terrible. you think about the toxic people too much oh i hate them oh, or, or just associate <laughs> with them which i, I don't understand. yeah 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 i i i got oh, toxic people are the worst i can't stand them yeah so like we had um so one of the guys in our group uh and unfortunately it was his marriage that fell apart but he was uh, always played the paladin and he really just wanted to get to whatever the fourth level or fifth level, so he could get his horse. His paladins would get a horse at like fourth level, and so he just, I want Cody, I want my horse. He's already like planned out his horse, and everybody was just happy for him when he finally got his horse. Right? Nobody was like, why can't I get a horse? It's like it's, it's just, just they were just happy that he got his horse finally. You know, it's the kind of thing where you can <laughs> root for people to be successful. Um, and you made a choice; you could have been a paladin too. Um, and he, by the way, there's a paladin in the, in the film, and he's another, I think, fun character. Um, I I have uh, I have uh, a thing about that character to talk about. Oh no, he's not like pedophile or something, right? No, 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 no nothing like that. Oh, okay. But but that that paladin character in the movie yeah. was supposed to be Driz Dewarden. Oh, seriously. Yeah, my brother sent me an article, thank God, after I'd seen the movie or else I would have been pissed off about it while I was watching the movie. Because Drake yeah. is one of my favorite fictional characters of all time. Agreed. Um, and oh, so apparently what, what, what when they were writing the script for the movie, there was this controversy um, about the drow and how uh, it was racist for the drow to be evil because they have dark skin. <laughs> and, oh, I remember that argument. And they wanted they wanted to avoid the controversy, so they changed it to uh, generic paladin instead of it having been drizzed. Um, well, trials are all evil too, so you don't. And want that really kind of pisses me off because um, I'm not love, all evil. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's in Forgotten Realms, and there's still hope. I I, I hope to see drizzed on the big screen. Someday. I would love to see that on the big screen. When yeah. I saw this, I was like. Maybe we will see it on the big screen since they right. did this uh, in the Forgotten Realms. Realm. Right? Yeah, there's a chance. Yeah. Don't right. And, and to be that. clear, the drow weren't like human black, meaning brown skin. They were black skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they live and underground. They, they were, yeah, yeah. They live underground. And when you live underground, there's two skin colors that make sense. And one of those skin colors is jet, is jet black, blend in the darkness. They worship and the, other, and the other would be pale because, you know, you don't need. You don't get um, it. You, you haven't seen the sunlight, right? Yeah. And you know, and and so they went with black. And so it's either they were going to be too pale or they were going to be too dark. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying it made sense, Mike. I'm saying it happened. I know. <laughs> right. I, yeah. That that was actually part of the, the the stuff that was going on the last two years, where games, Magic, and Dungeons and Dragons were were changing things because yes. they. By calling people a whole group of people just racist, I mean, you know, evil or whatever, it was racist, and it's like, yeah, but they're just monsters. It's it's fiction. Well, they don't. Yeah, I saw articles. I saw articles about like, are they, you know, getting rid of half orcs and stuff like that? 
Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right, well, because it was racist. And it was like, it's like, huh? But I, and I, and, but now, as usual, this was a case of the internet grabbing onto a thing without really understanding it yeah. and, and running with it. And, yeah. you know, they weren't getting rid of it. They were opening it up so that you could be a half anything. Right, but, right. Again, in making the rules less complicated, it's like you can look the, which, like whichever parent you want to look like, and you're going to get the abilities of whichever parent you want, but you're not blending traits or anything just because it was, they were worried that it was making certain races or groups more powerful. They were saying, well, like human, half, half humans were better than half other races, and that felt racist, which I guess I yeah, would have half elves, elves were, were better, afraid yeah. of offending the gnomes among us. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. I, 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 I'm uh, sorry. The, the whole racism thing just falls apart for me when you're talking about creatures that don't actually exist. Right, exactly. That aren't even the same race, right? It's like, oh. The only place it can exist is in the stories about them. You know, like, dwarves right. can hate orcs or whatever. <laughs> you know, that's right, right. just well, imitating well, real you, life. You know, it's not I mean, real life. You know, Avatar had to go through, Avatar Part 2 had to go through the same crap, you know. It's it's just, people Well, because people said, like, well, the orcs were coded for black people or whatever. It's like, no, no, they really, they were coded for orcs. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and, and if you go to things like Tolkien, the orcs were coded, orcs were coded for, like, Nazis. Uh, they weren't coded for for a race of people. Um, and it's like, so which race were the, the goblins? Which race were the kobolds? Which race were the, the bugbears? Um, what race were the illithids? Which 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 the ethnicity? The yeah, Nose. which who? Which was the trans race? You know, which uh, it's like no, it's just, it's it, just world. the slab. You, They're dumbass. less racist because all these monsters get a place in the monster manual. <laughs> oh, I like the Thry Cree or whatever, however you pronounce it, which were those insect mantis people. Those were awesome. Well, well that yeah. brings me to I was surprised they actually had a tiefling in this movie. Yeah, well, well it's, became, it's uh, part of the, the main. Later. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's I, funny is I totally did not recognize Sophia Lillis in this movie. <laughs> I like yeah. really liked the druid character. And I was like, she was kick ass. I wonder who that was. And I looked at <laughs> Oh, holy shit! It's Bev! <laughs> well, you know how I knew her from? I knew her from, uh, uh, and I said it to my, my daughter when we were watching the film, uh, the Nancy Drew film. She played Nancy Drew, the film oh, that came you? out a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, and, and so I go, that's Nancy Drew. And my, my, my seven-year-old goes, oh, yeah, you're right. That's her. That's her. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Uh, she did it. Oh, okay. Yeah, she yeah. also was in... Uh, Gretel and Hansel. Which I yeah, that's think. That's right. That's right. No. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 But uh, Michelle Rodriguez was awesome. She's she yes, did she an, an, I, Yeah, I thought she did an incredible job in this movie. Yeah, she was my favorite character. Yeah. But she, but they, but it also turned out the toxic. Why does the woman got to be the strong one? It's like, oh my god, this lady, leave it, leave it be. Uh, <laughs> Oh, right, 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 right. Fucking right. fantasy game, and the po- part of the, the point of role playing is that anybody could be whatever the fuck they wanted to be. Right. Well, and the paladin is strong, point. and he the paladin's strong, and he's male. So there's yeah. two there's two kind of weak males because the mage is kind of weak, and so is mm-hmm. Chris Pine's character. But they find their place in the by the end of the movie, which is what adventure is about. Well, and that's the thing about Dungeons and Dragons is it has nothing to do 
with with um, your gender. It, it has to do with your class. Exactly. Right. And and even, right. even and, and and it doesn't even matter because you know you could I remember there was like uh, characters that would be all muscular, but if they were first level, they're dead. Right. Six hit points is six hit points, no right. matter what more... you've got for eight, you know, eighteen oh oh strength. Right. Or yeah. And if you're if you're if you're a magic user, you fucking hide in the back until you're at least level five, right? And yeah, hope right. you don't get attacked from behind. Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. But, and, and yeah. So so the but but you know who cares? I you know I, I mean. Um, there was always uh, women. The moral of the story is all sorts of people get all sorts of upset about all sorts of stupid, stupid shit. Yeah, yeah so the, true. So what what people have to do, and this is a fact, is is stop looking at social media and stop watching or reading uh, news articles that aren't news but are just editorials. Just throw it all out, and then you won't have to hear any of that crap anymore. <laughs> Just start. Stop trying to apply the real world to fantasy. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I get enough real world from the real right. world. I don't need it in my fantasy. Right. right. Well, they also, as they say, if, if well, uh, if if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. If yep. you're insisting on, and this is one of the problems that I have with a certain worldview where they where it is everything about race or gender or identity is that if you insist on seeing the world like that, then you are going to see goblins everywhere. You will, you will attribute it to everything. And at the right. same time, we'll flip it over because then you've got the reactionaries to it who are like the me real man kind of thing. And you know, women should not be strong. They should be weak and helpless or whatever. I don't like seeing strong women in films. So they're reacting like just as fucking ridiculous like that. You, you can have a kick-ass woman. You don't have to worry about the fact that in real life she, she couldn't bench 20 pounds. Um, <laughs> it's a fucking fa- I mean, unless you're doing like uh, something like The Wire or The Godfather, um, it, it shouldn't be a problem. Let, let people enjoy their fantasy. Um, right, just right. Well, well, it, and it's not even that, Mike. It's everything. Because, I mean, I remember when the speaking of Chris Pine, who stars in this film, he was in um, the original Star Trek uh, series by John J.J. Uh, Abrams, and and there was a scene where um, one of the women, uh, I forget the actress's name, she's in a in uh, underwear, and there was an uproar so, over that scene. So, you know, yeah. because oh, the woman's in underwear. This is ridiculous. Well, I, I was like, oh my god, I can't. Well, believe I, I got to tell you, there was um, I know an author, Peter David, writer of stuff. He uh, often told the story of when he was writing, and he was a big Star Trek fan, and he wrote a number of like Star Trek novels and he just constantly butted heads with the guy that was like responsible for safeguarding the Star Trek franchise. And he was just a, apparently a complete asshole and impossible to work with. And he made a, had Commander Riker make a comment about, I'd rather like patrol the neutral zone in my underwear. And the book got rejected because he said, we haven't established that the characters wear underwear. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, and the, the best took, one, the movie took care of that. One of the best ones was way back, like 25 years ago, when id Software released Wolfenstein, Castle Wolfenstein, and they got death threats because German shepherds were being shot in the game. And it's, yeah. and we're talking about like terrible. Oh, look, I was very, I was very upset over that film. It was just so stupid. 
I was not upset about it at all. You, you, sh- you shoot the, the Nazi dogs. But it was just so stupid. People are stupid. Eric summed it up. I, I, even, I quote this all the time to my wife. I go, what does Eric say? What does Eric say? And my wife goes, people suck. Exactly. People suck. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, your your name was brought up in our house at least once a day, Eric. That's that's a little frightening. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know whether to be flattered be. or afraid. Flattered, my friend. Flattered. <laughs> you woke me up, dude. You woke me up to the to. Uh, before that, I I actually liked people, and then it's like, oh my god, Eric is right. They suck. <laughs> well, and people are just too susceptible to kind of like groupthink, and we just. Social media brings out the worst in people and, and highlights highlights the worst people and we and we see them and they end up influencing us. So it, it's really just the best best to to get rid of those people, recognize when it's appealing to your worst instincts, um, and just shut them off. Um, like there's certain there's certain like key words and phrases that I will mention for political purposes that if I hear someone on a YouTube video mention it, I will block that channel. Because it tells me that they're not thinking with their brain. They're just repeating catchphrases. Um, they're not making arguments. They're making uh, making hot takes. Um, and, and it goes every way politically. It's um, So it's not, not just a, a right or left thing. Um, it's, and mostly it's movie reviews. You know, it's like, oh, God. I just, like, I can't. Sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, um, Eric, and it's not just me that brings up your name. My wife will say it too. Like when I'm angry at people, my wife goes, "Phil, what did Eric say?" People <laughs> suck. <laughs> exactly, Phil. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, everything's back. I'm I'm calm again. I'm relaxed. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Anyway, uh, so we'll throw up the spoiler right now since uh, it's about time to start talking about more specifics on the on the film. Um, <laughs> The episode ends. Yeah, yeah, because we're, we're, we've been uh, talking about. Well, we, you know, we gave um, our good review. Um, so let's let's uh, throw it up. So the spoiler alerts up, and we'll talk about everything, and anything. We don't have to go into specific uh, plot points all the way from A to Z, but you know, we can throw up we will. scenes and stuff that that you know may interest us. So uh, where do we want to start? Who wants to go? What do we want to do? No, I just want to. I just want to say that I was I was so pleasantly surprised by the fact that there was a cohesive plot. In this movie, because yeah. I was not expecting it to be honest after see, after having been exposed to the trailer, um, yeah, that that was cool. There there was like a reason for people to be doing things and a mission and a thing and a stuff. And uh, it, at the end, the, there's there's a confrontation that makes sense, and then there's a resolution. It was all pretty good. And we and didn't get lost either. It wasn't convoluted. A, it wasn't convoluted. Right. Anyway, go on. Each of the four main characters had a purpose. Right, they had a function in the story. They had their own narrative arc. They weren't just there to say keep Chris Pine company. Um, so, and they each had their own motivations. Uh, they reached their their own drive in the story. They, you know, they, and, and that was nice to see. Um, nobody was overpowered. You know, um, even and the villain was was fairly generic, but as we said that's that's kind of how role playing works, right? Is that mm-hmm. villain is like the boss at the end, and you basically, you know, you know, you you don't keep cutting doing cutscenes in the middle of a play, game playing session to see the villain moving their plot along. They're never really. By the way, Mike, do you know who that was that was playing the evil wizard? I don't remember um, who. Her name What's is her Daisy name? Head, and she is the daughter 
of Anthony Stewarthead, who was Giles on Buffy. Oh, that's right. Yes. Right, the head of the, the guy that owns Manchester United in uh in Ted Lasso <laughs> yep. used to used to used to and used to to to, uh, to tutor Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yep. Anyway, I don't know any of those references, but um, well, you're she, loser she was pretty good. Watch Buffy yet? Oh, I'll never watch that crap. Uh, that guy was a rapist. Um, so what? remember, I don't. What? The guy I, that I think you he's, he's a rapist. He's, he's not a rapist. Insane. He's a sexual assault. He's a sexual assaulter. You just no, made not. that up. Yes. No, he didn't. He didn't. He he was he was a misogynist. is fine, but calling him a rapist—that's a little. But we're not talking about uh, Buffy anyway. Uh, so let's talk about uh, this film here. Um, so yeah, that actress was really good. She she played her role really good. I felt. So hopefully we'll see yeah, her. Yeah, and what she had to do, and oh, there was no like. There was no like I, I guess a, you can argue because there was the they talk about the the wizards of Bay, um, but there wasn't like the the obvious setup for the sequel. Well, you don't have to because again, right. Dungeons and Dragons is always modules. Exactly, it, it was a thing that worked on its own instead of and yes, it was a world that's built that could explore. Uh, I will say there were there were two creatures that I'm sorry didn't make it into the final cut. Um, and one of which I know we were supposed to get because there was a there's a toy version of it, and the toy version is like why would you make the toy for the film toy line if the, it's not there? So I'm guessing he was cut uh, late in production. That is, I think his name is Xanathar. He's the prime boss of uh, of uh, the Waterdeep, and he's a um, he's a beholder. And oh I yeah, I know. I think they that would have been awesome to see. Yeah, and beholders are so popular. I'm surprised that it didn't make it in there. They would cut it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I would not be shocked to see it in a deleted scene, um, just because they have to move the toys. Uh, and um, the other was uh, from one of the blurbs. I guess one of the early promotional blurbs. They mentioned all the creatures they would fight, and one of the creatures they were supposed to fight was uh, mind flayers. And I think Ooh, that's another good one too. Oh my god, those two best monsters they cut. Oh my god. Yeah. That so. sucks, dude. But my flares and beholders are like the two of the best. Oh, awesome. yeah. If if they manage, beholders are a classic for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But you know, they had to cut them because it, it it's irresponsible to say beholders and mind flares are evil because they can be good too. Yeah. Everybody can be good or bad. It can't be a beholder, man. Something. Beholders are inherently evil. <laughs> Well, and I will say, like, but. as uh, I thought there were nice little things, um, like callbacks, references mentioned, like a lot of spells. Like the first time you see the wizard, he's doing a blur spell, um, and I think a telekinesis spell. Um, but all these little things are things right out of the player's handbook. Uh, I I loved seeing the actual D and D monsters. Like at the very beginning of the game, there's there's two tiny little rust monsters fighting over a key. <laughs> Uh, and Rust oh, Monsters yeah, are another, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are another right. classic, and it's it's yes, a really they easy thing. They were to always miss. first level, yeah, yeah. They're 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 like a classic thing because yeah, your first level character, you you so you, you always fought them, always. and you sp- and you spent all your money trying to get a good sword, and then there's a creature that is that is, exists to eat metal. 
right, right. I was still uh, going with the intellectual devourer. That was the, my favorite monster. In the the movie. intellectual devourer is great, and you can see there's everybody failed their their intelligence checks, which is why the the. Uh, <laughs> I actually laughed pretty hard at that moment. He's like, awesome. well, that was hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and and it includes the the um, the paladin too. Yeah, was the paladin's yeah. Not right. Right. The paladin's. It included the wizard, and he, who, for all the jokes about his his in, uh, ineffectiveness in the game, the spells he was casting. And here we go, get nerding out here. He was casting some high level spells in the game, so um, you know he couldn't he couldn't have been that bad. Um, right, right, right. Not like the. the, the I don't know if it was him or the, the wizard the at the end, but uh, somebody cast Meteor Swarm towards the end of the movie. Yeah, I think that was the evil wizard. The evil dude. Bastard. Yeah. Um, I liked the. Uh, yeah, the Unelectric Hours were nice. But I also loved. Uh, so they get the fight in the arena and they put a reference to the 80s D&D cartoon. <laughs> I and, never watched that, but somebody told me about the reference. That's actually it was fun. I love that show. Yeah, I love and that show. Cartoon. I don't remember. If I, I yeah, I was. I think that came out around the time I was playing the game. Had very little to do with the game in terms of structure, except it was the idea that there were these five or six kids who were pulled into a fantasy world, and each of them is bestowed upon them a character class. You know, you had ranger, cavalier, barbarian. Barbarian, and weirdly enough, at the time that the ga- the show came out, there was no barbarian, there was no acrobat, there was no character classes. Uh, you had thief and ranger were the only two that were, uh, and and wizard were were the only actual character classes. Um, but uh, yeah, so and the whole thing is them trying to find a way to get back to the real world. But like the creatures, if you knew the creatures in the monster manual, they followed like their strengths, their weaknesses, and so you would see these these things pop up. But when they first started in the arena, I saw in the background one guy with a green pointy hat. And as like they but it's like far in the background and like they immediately run off screen. And as they're running off screen, I saw a tiny little barbarian. And I'm like, was, was that supposed to be the kids from, from the cartoon? And I didn't think I was ever going to see him again. And then sure enough, like they get a full like full frame shot so it's like yes if you were wondering this is who they are this was them and i thought that was a nice again nice little reference that nobody would get outside of uh if they and if if they had never seen the cartoon but if they had they would get it and they would enjoy it so that was a lot of fun there was a there's the fight in the under in the underworld in the underdark where they're fighting on these cobblestone steps and road and they're all the, the stones are, are hexagonal so it's sort of like a miniature map uh where you where some miniature maps especially outdoor we use hex hexes to do the map so i thought yep. that was neat and then at the end of the game at the end of the film in the arena it's on a square on a grid so it's again like a miniature map which is mm-hmm. squares yeah nice little easter eggs i thought th- those were nice um tons and tons of them out there go watch on uh, any one of them, sure, a thousand videos pointing out most of those Easter eggs. Oh, for sure. Yeah. YouTube will, will have all of them. Yep. Um, now, uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, I thought um, Hugh Grant was like the best 
bop villain uh, since uh, Prince Humperdinck and the Princess Bride. <laughs> I was I was bummed that he became a villain though because I was hoping he was he would be a, a good guy, you know. And and I love before the film that started they had this this preview. Uh, it was interesting that the whole cast was sit sit down. I don't know if you Dance guys off annoys the piss out of me. Oh really? This one kind of. Yeah, I, I don't need you are our heroes. Congratulate me for going to the movies. Just shut the fuck up and yeah. show me the movie. That's true, but it, it felt like really of... stilted to me too. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I liked it. I liked it. Oh, here's guys, the thing. You guys um, I, I I don't. I am I not a stinker. That, I just didn't think it was well done. Here's here's where I do mind it. I don't mind when I've seen movies and they say we want to thank you for coming out and supporting the film. That's nice. I'm not a fucking hero for coming out. To <laughs> exactly. All right. I didn't. Exactly. Fucking, I, it's not like I got the movie ticket because I pulled the child out of a burning car. Movie man. But but also it, some of it is a pun because, you know, the, uh, yeah, I know, it's Dungeons I know. and Dragons or it's Marvel. You can, you can overdo flattery a little bit when it's like, yeah, it's it, dumb. It, it, now you're now you're blowing. Dumb, smoke. Dumb, you want to thank me for coming to the films? Fine. You want to tell me I'm a hero and now I know you're blowing smoke up my ass. Yeah, uh, well, that's fair. That's true. That's true. So no, if you, look, if somebody liked it, I'm fine with that. It just made and, me and Hugh, Hugh Grant was almost he seemed like he was almost in physical pain being there for that fucking. He sure world. did. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> and they all just sounded stilted. It just wasn't. It didn't feel right. It just was. Hi guys. Oh, oh, I liked it. I think. I'm sorry. I think. I think you, Grant, was probably just sitting there going, "Oh, thank God, I'm not in another fucking rom com." <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I, get an action figure movie. I thought Hugh Grant was fine. Oh no, he was great. Oh, he was no fine in the movie. movie. He did a good job. No, no, yeah, in the movie, during great. that little public service announcement, I was, he did I not want to be there. No, I disagree. I thought he loved it. <sighs> Bill, I, come on. I well, look, they know it. that they're having trouble getting people in the theater. So I understand why they're doing that. And especially if you're like you or me and you go to a movie on uh, on on a couple times a month or on a weekly basis, yeah, kind of roll your eyes. But hey, you know, there's some people who this may be the one movie they go to this year. And they might. And I think, you know, giving them a little positive reinforcement is not a bad thing. Um, make them feel better about spending their $30 for about a bucket, a bucket of popcorn um, to sit behind somebody who can't put their fucking phone away. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, let's see, where else do we want to talk about? Um, yeah. So, oh, what about the fat dragon? That was pretty awesome. Yep. That was Another cool. character, by the way, from the, actually from the Forgotten Realms is the fat dragon. Uh, <laughs> right. Is, like, one that came about after I stopped reading the books and playing the games because I don't remember him. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's apparently another character from that. But yeah, no, that was great. So we had uh, two dragons in the film. We got a black dragon spewing acid, which was really cool to see, even if you didn't linger on it. And you got the the red dragon, uh, which was also nice. Um, well, free if and, you count the statue come to life at the end. Yeah, what, and then you get the what was the black dragon? I, I forget the black dragon. What, it was the very beginning in the flashback. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, but the I fat dragon was talking, awesome. When they were talking about the helmet, like recovering the helmet. Uh, I like that they found a way to incorporate a portal gun into the into the film. Uh, that is that is something that is new to uh, the D&D. 
But if you've ever played the video game Portal, uh, which is a fucking brilliant game, uh, puzzle game, uh, where it opens up. A no, that old Portal thing was a really cool uh, yeah. thing for them to play with in the movie. Uh, oh, that, that was <laughs> I really liked ma- they took that. I would have loved to have that magic item. That, that was awesome, yeah. Well, I think that the problem is that's also a, a magic item that, as we saw in the game, could really lead to abuse and game-breaking. Yeah, it, it's incredibly overpowered. Well, it, but that was cool in, in, the, in the movie. Uh, yeah. The magician guy, he kept on saying... We ha- I have to see the location to use it, mm-hmm. and and that that's what prevents it from being all powerful. So I, I I felt they they prevented anybody from saying, yeah, but that screws up everything. It's like oh okay, they, they explained it. Okay, good good. <laughs> so has anybody they, they covered their tracks? Is what I'm saying. Has anyone What's here that, played Mike? besides me? What's that, Mike? Has anyone here played the game Portal? No. Never heard of it until you brought it up. I've heard of it because uh, yeah, I've heard of it. I think uh, Dan Trachtenberg um, was involved, either either going to be involved or was involved with some uh, film version of it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a spinoff of the video game series Half Life, and the idea is that you are uh, a person. Oh, Half Life like, was great. Trapped by an AI who is testing this this portal gun, right, which does what the little wand does. Um, and was just putting you through paces as you had to get get from one end of a room to the next, and it that's how it starts. It is not how it ends. Um, but you know, they, it's it, it's a lot of fun if you if you can find a version of it to play somewhere. It's probably like a ten hour game. It's been out for like fifteen years, so it should be pretty cheap if, if it's it's available. I'm sure it's a PC version available, if not a. Uh, it, it it's a it, it is a, a lot of fun. Uh, but that's where they got it. Yeah, yeah. My God, uh, Dan Trachtenberg directed a short um, called Portal No Escape. Oh, okay. That, that's the only reason I know of his existence. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, with like Half-Life 2. So. What's that, Mike? I think it came free with like Half-Life 2 or maybe an, uh, an update to Half-Life 2. Right, like, um, it's, it's been forever. Uh, it was like 2005 when they came out, so yeah, it's been a while. But anyhow, um, but I still, I, I actually have a few things in my classroom from Portal, and I've, occasionally I get students who recognize. Oh, is that the cute Portal? Is that the, the Portal? It's like, yes, that is. So anyhow, that's a completely different game. Back to the other game, which is a movie, the one that right, doesn't right. start. Well, I, you know what? I, I was shocked that the the paladin uh, was not going to continue on the adventure. That 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 was not expected. Well, the paladin was apparently a non-player character. Yes, or, he was. or he was that, or <laughs> or he was that guy that like like never makes it to the gaming session. Right, right. <laughs> and so, like, he had to like he had to miss the whole, the final act. It's like he missed the first gaming session, made it to the second, but then missed the third. <laughs> or, or he's one of the DM's favorites and he's off doing something, getting treasure no one else can get. Right. I did enjoy the scene where they watched him walk away. <laughs> yes. Like, uh oh, uh oh, here comes a rock. Is he gonna go around it? No, no, no. That was that was like, a he fun even walk, yeah, he even walks in a straight line. No, that was fun humor. That was fun humor. Yeah. Right. So for those who don't know, paladins are supposed to be lawful good, and they're not supposed to be lawful good. They're supposed to be the lawfulest goodest 
of all the lawfully good, lawful good, good nicks. Um, yeah, they're so, they're goody to choose to their to the point of being the, to their own detriment at times, depending on yeah. how you play it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there is there there's no uh, no moral flexibility, and so they were having fun with that trope. And paladins are a powerful class, except for the fact that you are limited by that. You can lose all those powers if you behave badly. I did that uh, exactly. I, I played a paladin and fell and became a ranger. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know I, I never played with a paladin because it, we were always chaotic neutrals, and you can't have paladins with them. Of course you would be. You're damn right. Fuck the government and, and people suck. <laughs> yeah, that's not chaotic neutral. That's 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 Phil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think uh, that's very no, chaotic neutral. They were, they were pretty pretty pretty. Awful when you think about it, but but they were fun yeah. to play. Fun to play. Oh. Now, um, the let's see the um, the talisman, uh, whatever they called it, that that they were trying to get to bring back his wife. Mm-hmm. No, I I kind of guessed that that was going to be used on one of them. Oh, it's, yeah, me uh, too. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't that hard to figure out. The the, uh, the telegram. Chekhov's uh, talisman, I think it's. Yeah, Chekhov's <laughs> resurrection item. Yeah, yeah. I I actually Chekhov's uh, talisman, Chekhov's portal gun, Chekhov's a uh, whole lot of other things. I even um, I, I even teared up a little bit with with Michelle Rodriguez's character and and I was like why am I tearing up because we know she's coming right back because they're going to use it <laughs> but, but she's the closest thing in that game to She Hulk into that game to that movie that to She Hulk and we all know how you feel about She Hulk. Uh, oh right yeah yeah She Hulk's best <laughs> uh, but you know the the thing is is they also had. Um, that was a good analogy, by the way. Uh, but they, they also had um, the fact wherein the paladin says to the thief guy or bard, whatever you want to call him, that your wife may be living a different life in her, the afterlife and may not want to come back. So I knew it was not going to be used for her. So that that was a that was a that kind of was like uh, telegraphed too, you know. And by the way, Eric also flashed me back to Buffy season six. Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought the same thing. I don't, I don't know what you, the reference, but okay. Um, the character dies and comes back to life, and it, 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 it was not yep. a good idea. Right, right, yeah. That, that, the, that's the worst when, when they bring the characters back. Just don't kill them off. Um, but um, it happens. So, um, well, imagine dying, going to heaven, and then being brought back to earth. Sometimes it's better off to be dead. <laughs> right. Some, that was sometimes point. dead is better. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> actually. I screwed it up. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Um so uh what else that was was cool? Um uh oh what about the the samurai statue type things or whatever they were? Those were pretty cool too. The the fight uh during the helmet with all those like what were they weren't like they weren't part of the red wizards or red red witches but they were allies oh, the, the, to them the one where they went into the underdark 
Or is that a different one? The, the, yeah, I think that may be it. Where, where they all they had to fight um, the bad guys, and then they 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 would get come back to life. Yeah, that was in the underdark. Yeah, yeah, the underdark. Yeah, the underdark. Underdark. Yeah, that that was pretty. That was pretty awesome fight. Um, and you knew though all the statues were going to come alive, but again, you know, and I got to give them credit okay. because they didn't they didn't stretch it out for like thirty minutes of fighting. Thank God! I don't know, like oh the, the, the action scenes didn't overstay their welcome. Right, uh, even the even the uh, set piece for uh, Michelle Rodriguez uh, was relatively compact. Truth, when truth. she's fighting all the guys by the forge. Yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, now, what was you guys uh, some of your favorite scenes? Um, oh, I did like how when they introduced the tiefling. We thought it was actually the other girl. <laughs> right. That was kind of funny. Um, and um, the wizard, when he's trying to figure out how to wear the helmet, that was pretty cool. Cool. I, I like that. Where we had to f- see his great grand, great 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 grandfather or something. I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed the st- the, the scene where they were using the spell to ask dead people questions. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's, that's a real spell from the game. That's and awesome. uh, they actually used it on multiple occasions on that, on the dungeon run show. <laughs> and the DM hit one of his favorite things was to fuck with the players when they were using that spell. <laughs> Cause he would do things very similar to what was happening in that first scene. Just like somebody has a question and he's just like, yes. Four left. <laughs> and the players like, damn it! <laughs> that that was awesome. That was awesome. Oh, oh, I knew that that was going to be the the scene during the credits too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when they left them, yeah, that was awesome. I didn't stay for the credits. If you want me to stay for credits, you got to make your movie less than two hours long. Fair enough. Fair if enough. you're over two hours long, I'm headed to the bathroom as soon as I see a credit. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, Barry, what about you? What, 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 what was good for you? What worked for you? Um, <clears throat> I really liked the, the mage coming into his power um, and just finally yeah, kicking ass cool. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it just was a lot of fun. Everybody's like, you suck, you suck, you suck. And he's just like, how about this, motherfuckers? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got I, I do have a. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Barrett. I was just saying, I really liked in the beginning when she's the owl bear. And just when she's the owl bear, the druid, it just. It looked really good. Oh, well, see, now that's a perfect segue because we all know how Phil feels about bears. But, Phil, how do you feel about owl bears? <laughs> Um, they're fictional, so it, it it was okay. They're all right. Yeah, I would have been that more scared. It was pretty fucking cool looking. I gotta say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always liked them as a monster. Yeah, and as I already said, monsters were one of my favorite things in this film. And you know that this is the kind of film. So when we did that, do the year end thing, there was the uh, uh, the year end award for like the the best single best creature. And but then there's like one for the best monsters, and this is like a best monsters film where there's a bunch of monsters that are really awesome. 
I do have a question about the Displacer Beast. I never pictured its image and itself being so far apart. I always pictured it like the image was in one spot and you couldn't see it, but it was close by. But this made it seem like they were fairly far away. I'd have to look it up, but I thought it was like a two meter range or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I couldn't remember. It's not long. That's 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 the person. Yeah. (laughs) But I think, you know, they have to do something to make it work for the film. Like, to make I don't it more obvious, yeah. Well, right, they did, so, yeah, they they bent some stuff for the because yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, the wizards and the druids, like clearly, they're not taking spell slots in any type of account. Uh, right, druids yeah. not going to be able to change in that 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 many creatures in that amount of time. Uh, but whatever, and it's a movie. Or, it was for that fun. matter, to turn into an owl bear, uh, because mm-hmm. it's only supposed to change into animals and not creatures. Uh, now the the displacer yeah. beast was the was the the saber tooth tiger thing, right? The panther, the panther yeah. looking thing with the tentacles. Yeah, yeah, I, f- I forgot. Right, I once like you, once you thing, said that, I was like, oh yeah, that's what it was. I was trying to figure out what it was. And I think the thing like with the tentacles, the tentacles are part of the game. But the idea was where it's like using the tentacles as a projection, because you see there's like little like glowy beams coming off the the the, the tips of the tentacles, so that's how it's projecting its image. Uh, but I think that's just to try to explain, make it clear to all the audience that the Displacer Beast is creating the fake image. I recognized it even before because, like, they made it look exactly out of the monster manual. It was pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah, they really did. And, yeah, and 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 I. Right. So so maybe they were just trying to clarify it for for the audience, make it a little easier to understand. But continue, Mike. I'm sorry to interrupt. I was saying if the, if that, and there is a toy for that, and I may get that if it goes on clearance at some point. Um. Because displacer beasts are cool, they're like you know, six six legged panthers with tentacles. That, that that's about as awesome as monsters you're going to find. Um, let's see. There was the gelatinous cube. Um, I like the way they used it. I like you know. Oh yeah. Burns. It burns. It burns. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I liked how they showed that the one guy was a skeleton inside of it later on. <laughs> they show him going into it, and then later on, he's just a skeleton. Oh yeah, gelatinous cubes are a favorite, along with mimic, uh, because DMs like to fuck with people, and so just having a cube that that fills up the hallway for you to walk into it and be burned alive, um, and any anything like as a low level gamer, anything that's an ooze, a jelly, uh, a slime, uh, a, they're they're just fucking awful. They definitely had some of the nastiest little monsters in this movie, like the mimic. Intellect devours the rust monsters, the things that, that really mess with you. That mimic was mean too, because they set it up so that their chest with weapons throughout the maze that you can use to your advantage. <laughs> like, hey, a chest. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it was. There were some pretty awesome monsters. Um, and oddly, I, I it was funny too. It's like like there was big sections of the film where there weren't any monsters. Mm-hmm. I felt, and, and I felt that, and and yet yet it didn't bother me. It was kind of interesting. Well, because in D and D, it's now we should be clear. D and D, you have monsters and you have races, and so races could include things like like the the dragon kind and the the tiefling and the you know dwarves and elves and gnomes and what have you. Um, but 
monsters like the Intellect Devourer and the Displacer Beast, usually you find those in dungeons, right? So they go into the Underdark and they find the, the Intellect Devourers. Um, so you're not going to find those in like your well-traveled areas. So I, I think that makes sense. There's going to be periods of time where it's not going to be there. They'll be in the arena. They'll be in the sewers. They'll be in the in the forests and uh, uh, whatever that was, and, and, and in the Underdark. But you're not likely to find them in um, you know, just in the, the prince's castle. Right. But, um, and by the way, Barrick, you mentioned the shape changing. Uh, I, I, I thought there was a really cool sequence when she flies in as a fly to infiltrate the bad guy's lair, uh, and then gets spotted and gets chased through the castle and keeps changing form. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was, really cool. that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and then with the deer. <laughs> right, the deer joke. And oh, it do, was, do, 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 can tief, tieflings really do that, or was it her? No, I think it's. A, I don't a think druid. it's a tiefling thing. I think it's a druid thing. Dru- yeah. Definitely druid. Yeah, druids can shape shift into into animal forms, um, but animals like a sparrow or a fox, not a fucking owl, owl bear. But um, you know, it, that's that's taking liberties for the film, and that's fine. Um, because again, if you're doing, if you can more change into an owl bear, you can change into a dragon or a displacer beast, and you become overpowered. Um, but just it's all done as like one take. Now it's obviously not one take because it's just a lot of CGI and uh, and seamless edits. But as you follow her going from what is it? It's a it's a fly to a a bird, and then to a what's it a fox? And then finally is the deer. Yeah, right. As she runs out. And yeah. So I told you it was going to be a deer. So yeah, it was good. It was, that, I liked that. That was a real, that was a good sequence. Yeah, sure was. Sure was. Yeah. And that allowed her to pretty much escape all sorts of places and become a spy and stuff. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Let's see what else. Uh, what about Chris Pine as, as the lead? I, I think he was well cast. I, I think um, he did good. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he had good chemistry with all the all the other actors, so that was good. Sure yeah, did. Chris Pine is, a- and I also just I have I have a place in my heart uh, for the characters who are like supposed to be a piece of shit, and then they end up turning out to be pretty good. <laughs> and he was one of those. <laughs> Well, what's interesting is he's a character who starts out pretty good and becomes a piece of shit and gets sort of redeemed by the end, right? Because you get the flashback showing that he had been a Harper, you know, and the Harpers are sort of the, like, they're they're knights of the round table in the Forgotten Realms. Um, But then, you know, he realized there was no money (laughs) and he had a family to raise Mm -hmm. Uh, and he ends up up quitting and becomes a bit of a, a douche, right? Becomes a thief. And, you know, he's a bard and bards are usually something neutral. I don't think they can be lawful good or like it has to be, I think, something neutral if they're a bard. Um, but um, or maybe they have to be chaotic. I remember what it was. But yes, but, but he's a thief and they lean into that. But he's, he's one of those Robin Hood type thieves. You know, he only steals, steals from the bad people. Right. I kind of like there was the where what was he was being was 
held accountable. Like they had to they had to tell the truth, and it was about well, about, retur- about returning the uh, the money to the people. Right, right. Well, and 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 the sin, you know, was he wanted his wife back, right? And and right. technically, having his wife back can would actually oddly even if it wasn't his intention, help his daughter too. So it wasn't like he did anything really yeah. that evil. But I think I like the fact that they kind of called him out. And I think that's a good, was a good point. And it was, even though it was a point I wasn't think wasn't thinking while watching the film, the daughter never met the mom, right? Not really. She has no memory right. of her. So she doesn't sure. know who she lost. And sure. his wanting to have the, the, the mom, the mother back was very much a selfish kind of thing. And um, I, I have, and I think that's why they had to insert that little bit about the mom maybe being in a better place, uh, because whatever your particular religious affiliations are, the afterlife is a real thing in D and D. There's a whole host of deities and demigods for you to choose from to worship, and therefore a whole variety of afterlives you could find yourself in uh, after you expire. Uh, but it's so that way you don't feel so bad when they don't bring the mom back at the end. Right, right, right. Um, right, but and, and it also doesn't make him that much of a villain, you know. So even if he does screw up or is he screwed up in a sense, it's like, yeah, everybody can understand that. And it wasn't really like he was bad, you know. He loved somebody and he wanted her back. Everybody would would want to do that. Well, especially since he caused her death. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, be, yeah, indirectly, yeah, because he stole the yeah. the gem, and so they went to the house to get the the gold or whatever it was, and and they killed killed her. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So those wish wizards, that whole group of wizards, are they chaotic evil or lawful? No, they're lawful evil, right? They're probably lawful. Evil. Probably, but yeah. they're they're undead. They're undead wizards. Yeah, that's right. Uh, They're I, liches, liches. Or yeah, the, the, the main one is a lich. Yeah, lich. Yeah. <laughs> or however you pronounce it. Lich, yeah, lich. exactly. However you pronounce it, I never knew how to pronounce it's it. It's lich. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So that that that, that, that they were pretty cool villains. I like those villains. Yeah. And I, I liked how they turned into the real villain rather than Hugh Grant's character. Hugh Grant's character was just a scoundrel. Yeah, upon right. Yeah, exactly. Now, would you Grant's character was he? He was. Would you say he was a player character or a non-player character? Um. Well, you know, I, I, I originally he was a player character or an NPC in the party, but when he sp- splits from the party, then that yeah, you know, he's most certainly a non-player character because you can't. How can you you have a campaign when you have to have people in different rooms and you have to go you know switch rooms whenever it's their turn you know so npc um yeah yeah well somebody pointed out i think it might have been this that screen card video that the beat patterns of the of the player characters are different from the non-player characters because the the player the, the meaning our four main characters speak more regular english um as opposed to a little bit more formal for the non-player characters, as if they were the you know the, the inhabitants of the realm. Um, and I think by now, like even thanks to video gaming concepts of a, of non-player characters, right? That was the whole point of the movie uh, Free Guy, 
right? I think okay. people are familiar with that. You know, whereas when we were playing back in the 1980s or 90s, people would have looked at you a little weird if you mentioned non-player characters and non-player characters. Um, and continue, Mike. No, I was just trying to find. I did like uh, Michelle Rodriguez's fetish for tiny men. Yeah, I wonder if Bradley Cooper um, was actually in the credits or if it was like one of those uncredited big scenes, you know? I'm actually checking that right now, oddly enough, because um, I want to make sure that I was right that it was him that was in the film. Yeah, yeah it, it was. was yeah. I was wondering yeah, if you thought it was. Somebody else talk about it. So, was that? I said he heard somebody else talk about it. Okay. So yeah, I continue. Do not, I, yeah, I do not see him. Oh, there he is. Yeah, Bradley Cooper is there, at least on IMDb. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, just the idea that you have the big, strong warrior woman with the tiny little halfling. I don't know what they actually call them. The halflings are the hobbits of D&D. Yeah, they couldn't get the, right, the naming hobbits. rights. Yeah, they couldn't right. get the naming and, rights or something. Right, in Dragonlance, they're called um, uh, Ken, uh, Kender? Kinder? Kinder Kenders, yeah. Kenders, yeah. Yeah, yeah which is, was to try to create their own version of that. Um, because, again, they're trying... I mean, one of the criticisms of D&D is it's basically a knockoff uh, Lord of the Rings, right? Um, at least in the original, the early, early days. And for understandable reasons. I mean, Lord of the Rings is like the like overarching fantasy saga right. of the 20th century. You're not going to escape it any more than... It's the granddaddy. Like people, right. But just they just made like a game out of it. That's the difference. It's not yeah, like... Yeah, exactly. It but was they made a game out of it, book. but they found a way to make a game out of it without actually uh, <laughs> giving any, any, uh, any uh, royalty rights to the Tolkien estate. Uh, cause you can't copyright the concept of a dragon, right? Right. <laughs> um, even though it's clearly what they're doing, but that brings it back. Now, to if you start talking about Gandalf, you might be in trouble, but right. Exactly. So, so, but so not Gandalf, wizards. You have Elminster. Yeah. Um, well, it's like the have, demigods, uh, the deities and demigod book. They had to rip out like two chapters because one was. Yeah. Link Mar. Yeah. 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 And Link Mar, and then, right. Yeah. yeah. And they were owned by somebody. A mouse was another one. Um, So I remember, like, I just remember uh, Michael Crichton giving a speech, and he was talking about uh, about copyright, and said, "Look, I would love to be able to put my name and take claim copyright on anything involving dinosaurs, but I can't do that. (laughs) You know, I can't even do dinosaurs on an island. You know, because that wasn't even original to me." you know, there, there is a reason why these things are limited, but I think the, the, I, I mean, I don't know the fantasy well enough. I think hobbits are pretty clearly what people most identify as being kind of unique to Lord of the Rings. Right. Um, yeah, but then they well, had halflings in D and D. Right. And then halflings were the, were the, the knockoff. Yep. Hobbits. <laughs> but halflings down, were, down were mentioned once or twice in the Lord of the Ring books. So, but he couldn't trademark those names, but he could trademark Hobbit. I guess that that was the problem. Continue, Mike. So I was just saying. So that was that. So, but it was I nice seeing that, and I just I just thought it was weird that 
that she had this this clear because she's flirting with another one at the end of the film. <laughs> right. It was it was kind of humorous. It was another good little joke in the in the film for sure. Let's see. Uh, anything else? What else uh, did anybody want to bring up? I think anything? weirdly enough, we may have hit most of it. Yeah, I'm good. Right. Let me ask you this: if 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 let's say somehow does well on the video or the merchandising or just bikes, where are the where is the merchandising stuff? Where, where have you seen it, Mike? Uh, I've seen it in Walmart. I've uh, I don't know. Uh, I saw some of it and pop up in a video feed uh, on YouTube where they were like showing off some of the toys, um, but. And a lot of it's just pre-order right now. But if they make that money, would you rather if they did a sequel? Would you want to just, like stick with the same cast and same characters? Would you want to see something completely different? Because I'll there really the is world possibilities. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they could do everything, but I would, I wouldn't mind seeing the same characters again. Uh, I know that's what they were were mentioning uh, the directors when when they were asked about it that they would like to bring back the same characters. I'm uh, I'm still hoping against hope for my Drizzt movie. I want to see Me too. <laughs> Dark Elf Ranger that dual wields scimitars, man. What a well, bad now habit. now he's part monk <laughs> in the books. Oh, he's he's he's, he's multi-class. You know, I I've got some catching up to do. I'm not I'm not current. I didn't know that it happened. Yes, you need to you need to get caught up, man. New book, new book comes out in August. <laughs> and who, who's writing those books? Uh, R.A. Salvatore. Salvatore. Oh, he's still writing. Okay. Now, no, yeah. uh, Mike, what about you? You you asked the question. Uh, what do you want to do? I honestly don't know. I mean, I was happy with this, and I like the cast. I like the characters. And there's always that 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 saying: if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, but I would also embrace something new if they wanted to try to do something new and different. I like the idea of doing Dragonlance as a TV series because, um, well, Dragonlance like has a has a lot of like sort of like Lord of the Rings. There's a lot of other material. It started out as a trilogy, and then it had a sequel trilogy, which I might have liked even more than the original trilogy. Yeah, um, same. Because it was more more character focused and less epic, mm-hmm. uh, and it's on the the very best character of, which by the way sometimes backfires uh, when you decide to make the the uh the kramer the star of the episode uh the star of the series um and that's the the wizard raceland uh <laughs> and his lunky lunk-headed uh fighter brother uh so i could see them turning twin. that into twin brother i could see them turning that into a uh into a like uh three or four season tv series i think they did a cartoon at one point did they that sounds pretty, familiar. I think Michelle Trachtenberg voiced um, one of the Dragonlance characters in a cartoon. Let me look at them. So that's not going to be a thing. Like, I would love to see a Ravencroft, Ravensloft, Ravencroft, Ravensloft uh, film. I wouldn't mind would seeing, you know, seeing something in Steampunk. But I'm also perfectly fine to stay in, in Forgotten Realms. I'm perfectly fine staying with these characters, but I'd also love to see them experiment a little bit, go with different party makeups and see characters that are 
are different. You know, we didn't get a cleric. We didn't get uh, uh, a traditional fighter or we didn't get a uh, an assassin. Um, and I have no idea what other potential character classes there have been since the third edition. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, and then what was the original Greyhawk, right? That was that was the original world, right? That's Greyhawk great. was the original one, and that was... Like so there was a parent land in that. There was a parent land. That was the best. Anyway, sorry. And by the way, I, I found it. Um, there was an animated version of Dragonlance Dragons of Autumn Twilight that had, on the voice cast, uh, amongst others, uh, Kiefer Sutherland, Lucy Lawless, and Michelle Trachtenberg. I'm guessing it didn't do well since they didn't make the others. Yes, that like I, I don't see any more on the re- her credit sheet. The reception so happened. Yeah, the reception says reaction to the film was predominantly negative. <laughs> I think I read the books like twice when I was in high school, but I'll be damned. I mean, I can remember some small specific things, uh, but I'll be damned if I could like watch an adaptation of it now and tell you what they did there was uh, i read a lot of the dragonlance books and eventually they spread out to the point where there's like i think there's over over 50 of the things now um and there was one series i'll be damned if i can remember what they were called but it was actually based upon the um the politics amongst the elven societies and it was absolutely fascinating phil i think you would totally get into that and, and and who who what's the name? Of I, I I I'll, I'll have to look it up. I don't remember what it was called, but yeah. it was well. Pretty, and other people started writing them after a while. Didn't they? Yeah, if you, if you remember, I'll, I'll yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll let you know. They had other authors working on them than the original ones too. After a while, right, Eric? I, I don't even oh, know yeah. if Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman are still with us. I met. Oh uh, yeah, they are. They're I met still Margaret around. Weiss once. Um, believe it or not. Um, at a Magic the Gathering tournament in Duluth, Minnesota. <laughs> oh wow! Because <laughs> uh, she was developing huh? her own card game, uh, and was there uh, pimping it. And just as a reminder, folks, I want to I want to point out that I predicted this was going to be the nerdiest podcast we've ever done. Uh, it wasn't Eric a very just, hard prediction, Eric, Eric Mike. Don't just, try and take credit. <laughs> I'm just saying, Eric, you you may have just spiked the ball here. Uh, That's uh, right. That's right. I was in a fucking Magic the Gathering tournament. What you going to do about it? <laughs> I Yeah, I led off with an autographed book by Gary Gygax, but you had to follow up with Magic the Gathering tournament. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the capper for that's, sure. That's uh, yeah. I am the champion. Team. I will bow to you, sir. I bow to you. I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I remember my wife uh, not long after we were married uh, looking at me and asking, have you ever heard of something called Magic the Gathering? And I just, and I just looked at her and I said, don't. Um, because she's she's a bit obsessive compulsive. And it's like, you don't. Oh, yeah. I was so addicted down. to that game for so long. And then uh, in the 90s. And then I yeah. just yeah, was yeah. like, I got to sell these cards. They're just bad for me. No, I got into <laughs> it enough to spend several hundred dollars on cards and uh, enter two tournaments and realize I was not good enough to make it past the first round. <laughs> <laughs> so 
anyway, yeah. a few thousand yeah. dollars worth of Magic the Gathering cards sitting in the house if anybody needs them. Uh, <laughs> I got them in a closet somewhere. So, yeah, she did not take my advice. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, she, she enjoyed it. Well, well, then she found poker. Then she found what? Poker. Poker might be cheaper. Uh, yeah. It might be. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, like, nearly as addictive. I deck of cards for two bucks, so yeah. Oh, right. did, you, did you hear about the, the guy that found like $300,000 worth of, of cards in the dump? No. Yeah, it, it was like a month ago or something. It was, it was like, wow, that's crazy. Because people didn't know they were worth anything, you know? It's kind of funny in a sad way. Uh, this is still worth a ton of money. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I'm trying, trying to get my kids into it. I've never played the game, and, and I found this, this beginner set for 50 bucks that I made by. Nice. It'll, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, they, they, the store, uh, gaming store, said you should do the Pokemon cards first. But I might want to just start them with the, with the magics. Well, it's good. Kids, kids need to toughen up, and and some uh, mocking ridicule by their classmates will 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 toughen them up a bit. <laughs> yes, yes, they run. Um, all right. So, uh, anything else anybody wanted to bring up? I just found that series of books. I'm saying only two full. Oh, excellent! Very good. Um, all right, so I think uh, maybe we're 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 pretty much wrapping up here. Um, all right, so let's uh, give our final thoughts on this film here. But before we do, uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan. I do. It's a general interest podcast called These Can't See Podcasts. That's spelled A S K A N C I T Y. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. Excellent. And Mike. Uh, me, you, and Eric uh, do a, another podcast. What's that all about? Uh, yeah, it's the Cinema a la Carte podcast, uh, where we discuss films that are not necessarily dark discussions appropriate. Um, so we recently discussed. Uh, was it the, we discussed Michael Clayton? Uh, what yep. was the last one we did? Uh, uh, I think that may have. Oh, it was Eric's film. Yeah. No, Eric, you did you? Oh yeah, we're, we're doing Eric's. No, 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 we we're doing Mike's phone. What was the one that we just did that you? Oh, uh, everything everywhere all at once. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So that was that one. And so I've got a classic Orwell uh, Allen disaster film uh, on slate for the next film, uh, which Eric is going to be upset about. So. Uh, oh, I've been upset since you told me what the choice is. We just got to get it out of the fucking way. <laughs> Hang in there. Uh, so anyway, so that's the Mala card. We record that. Uh, right now we're on about a monthly basis. The original idea was to do it when we were in between projects. Uh, and then for some reason we stepped, kept volunteering to do a whole bunch of other projects about a whole bunch of other TV series that Phil was going to hate. Um, and now that that seems to have run its course, we're back on a monthly schedule. So that's the Mala card podcast. Uh, you can find us as always wherever the, your your favorite podcasters are sold. Indeed, and uh, Barrett, uh, myself, and Mike, and you, and a couple other folks are going to be doing a couple of podcasts um, on some superhero stuff. And uh, what's the name of that podcast? <laughs> Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Yes, we'll be we're going to be going uh, over the Suicide Squad as well as the show Peacemaker. Um, that's what's coming in the near future. We just released an, uh, 
an interview with director Patrick Ray. Um, and that was a really good time and everyone should listen to that. Yeah, indeed. And, uh, we'll also, uh, we'll be gonna, we're going to do a couple of slasher films too. Um, don't bleep in the woods one and two. So that's on back on the agenda as well. And then we have the, the LGBT month in June that we're going to be doing. So there's a lot of stuff coming up. And, uh, Mike, what was that podcast once again that me, you, Barrett, and Sean Fox just finished up about a TV show on HBO? Uh, that was The Rise of the Cordyceps Infected, uh, the Last of Us podcast, because it was a show that had nothing to do with the Cordyceps Infected. That's true, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, and uh, with that, the I, name of the podcast. Well, it actually was. Uh, that's, some, that's, no, that's here. It, it was technically correct, Mike. It was the cordyceps infected. Unfortunately, they just didn't show any zombies. <laughs> yeah, they rose and then hit the snooze button. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was very odd. Um, uh, and uh, with that, uh, I guess we can get into our final thoughts here on this film. So uh, let's start with you, Her. Uh, yeah, I really like this movie. I think it was very well done. Um I think it uh, it strikes a really good balance between having an actual story and being a lot of fun. Um, so I would recommend it, whether or not you've played Dungeons and Dragons. I think it's an entertaining experience. All right, sounds good uh, for me. Uh, yeah, it was it was a, a fun film. Uh, I don't think you have to know anything about the game to enjoy it, but if you do, you'll see a lot of good Easter eggs and see some of the great monsters from the game actually appear on screen. Uh, Displacer Beasts and Intellectual Devourer and uh, Jealous Cube and all these other good stuff. But uh, all in all, uh, yeah, it was a fun time. And what was that, Mike? Owl Bear. Yeah, the Owl Bear. That's another one. Yeah. So uh, Rust Rust Monster. Uh, but so yeah, it's it's definitely worth uh, checking out. Um, you should go see it, especially now that's still out there on the big screen. And yeah, I rec- high recommend. Uh, Barrett. Yeah, I really enjoyed this film. It was nice to see a Dungeons and Dragons movie that did not shit the bed. Um, it, I would highly recommend going to see it if you are a and d fan. And even if you're not, it's a lot of fun. All right. And uh, Mike? Yeah, it was a blast. Uh, it's, it's nice to sit through a two and a half hour film and actually feel kind of energized when it's over as opposed to exhausted. Um I just had a lot of fun and it's the kind of thing I would, I, I would really like to revisit it again. So, uh, and I hope we get to go back to the world in a sequel too. So I definitely recommend it. If fantasy is a thing you like. Indeed. Indeed. And, uh, when the TV show comes out on Dragonlance, maybe that will be a side podcast for the Dark Discussions Network. We'll discuss when it gets closer. It could be a couple of years. Who knows? All right. You hear to hear first, heard it here first, folks, the Dragonlance TV series will suck. <laughs> if someone wants to do a podcast about it, yep. Uh, well, no, no, we've had a couple that were, were pretty good. Uh, but yeah, a, a lot of bad ones too. Um, all right, so this film here was uh, Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. Uh, once again, uh, uh, the big name uh, out, of, out of those two guys is, is um, uh, if I can get the damn computer to work again, um, it was... Uh, Michael 
I can't remember. One of them, anyway. One of these guys, they, they, they did Game Night, and that was a great film. So, Oh, yeah, yeah. It, Game Night was a great film. Yeah, it, was, it sure was. Uh, so it was either one of the two directors or one of the uh, screenwriters. Um, and also, uh, the film stars Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, and Hugh Grant as the big names with Sophia Lillis and Justice Smith and Roger Jean Page. Uh, Justice Smith actually stars uh, in one of those uh, video games, Eric. That uh, that's similar to the Quarry that 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 I uh, I sent you the what was I forget what they were called. That was a long time ago. You got to send that to me again. Yeah, I will. I will. Uh, yeah, yeah. But he plays uh, one of the main characters. Uh, actually, he was he actually he was one of the main characters in the Quarry. That's right. It was him. He was the the guy that was kind of quiet. Oh, kinda okay. Quiet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it was actually in that. But but you, I'll still send you that because there's a bunch of other actors that you would know that are in in these games too, um, and it's very similar to Corey. Uh, and um, so people should check out the film. It's still available. And I guess that's pretty much it. So uh, we'll wrap it up with that called Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. And with that, Eric. What I lead us up. All right, thanks for tuning in. Let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Come back next week. We'll have another topic.